Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of Hawthorne in South Australia, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 122. Hello out there, I'm your host Elliot J. O'Neill and I'm joined by Pods. In the key of Springfield. Sprung that on us, fucking hell. <laughs> I thought maybe we were all going to say Springfield together there. I thought that was going to be a nice moment. Didn't quite happen, so that's, a, that's an ill portent, I think, for how the rest of this is going to go. <laughs> an nope. ill, comma, poor tent. <laughs> it is a tent that is both ill... And out of money. We are actually recording out of a tent today. <laughs> the Hawthorne tent. Yeah, Elliot really went cheap on the Airbnb. Yep, splurged all my money on Hallett Cove last time and had to really downscale this time. <laughs> if you live in Adelaide, that's a particularly funny sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, long-time listeners will know Pods in the Kia Springfield joined us uh, in episode 98, I want to say. when Yeah, give or take. With BT? Sure. And now this is one of those times where, except when he's not, BT's oh, not joining us. Because but... I was going to jump in and say, and always here, except for when he's, what? <laughs> but we still have a microphone for him. It's we so, do. It's so cute. It's symbolic. <laughs> it is symbolic. The symbolic microphone hanging in the empty chair with the empty headphones. If he was dead, this would be a nice little thing. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty brutal for you to say it'd be nice if BT was dead. <laughs> But it would be a nice gesture if it was dead. It would be a nice little tribute. Yeah. <laughs> to BT if BT was posthumously no longer with us. <laughs> exactly. We're glad you were alive, buddy. So, yes, James and Nick from Pods in the Cave Springfield. Yes, How I'm, doing, I'm James. Here's Nick. Hello. Um, Hello. I'm doing good. How are you, Elliot? Elliot? Hello. Uh, oh, I'm good and I'm excited and ready to do another episode of The Simpsons ready Index. Ready for what will inevitably be the best episode of The Simpsons Index ever recorded. I'm calling it right here and now. It will be. <laughs> We're going to make it happen. Calling it very early. Yeah. I'm setting expectations sky fucking high. Okay. Point of order. A minute ago. Point of you... order. Nick stinks. Ha! <laughs> Already there. Oh, fuck. Swish. Got me. A minute ago, you said it would be nice if BT was dead. Now you're saying that without BT, this is going to be the best episode of The Simpsons Index. I feel like BT is getting a pretty hard run here. Uh, BT's fine. No, BT's He's a good boy. We like you, BT. He's a good boy. <laughs> and uh, joining us for The Simpsons Index is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time. There's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. And starting out tonight, we watched an episode from the HD era. This was Season 25, Episode 15, The War of Art. First released in March of 2014, it was directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Rob Lezebnik. In this episode, Lisa begs Homer and Marge for a guinea pig, and they get her a guinea pig, and then the guinea pig destroys the sailboat painting, which leads Marge and Homer into getting a new painting from the Van Houten's uh, yard sale, which turns out to be a very pricey, valuable work of art. Guys, what do we think? My main thing is... What happened to the guinea pig? Like, there was nothing at the end of the episode to, to tag back in on the guinea pig. Nope. Oh, that guinea pig's dead. <laughs> Fuck. They don't have a long life expectancy. It's entirely plausible. <laughs> Poor little BT. <laughs> <laughs> little BT, the little guinea pig. Uh, BT, all... the GP. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to come right out the gate with a surprising and controversial opinion about this. The right. Season 25 episode of The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. Kind of liked it. Thought it was pretty good. Yeah, well, I actually brought this episode to you because I realised when I was doing the episode selection that half of the episode you guys have reviewed for The Simpsons Index 
have been unanimous failures. Well, we are grizzled mm. fucks. Like, we don't <laughs> like things as a general rule. We uh, are angry, angry young men. That is a very good point. We are 12 angry men. <laughs> despite only being... by four. Yeah. Well, no, despite only being two men, yeah. James and I are so angry. Nick, this is the third time you've brought up 12 angry men today. I don't know why it's in my head. On the drive here, I mentioned 12 angry men a couple have of times. Have you seen the movie 12 angry men? No, but I've been in a production of 12 yeah, angry I men. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess the listener doesn't. But yeah. Yeah. I was a security guard. He wasn't one of the angry men, though, wasn't he? He no, was just a security maybe guard. Maybe the least angry character in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I was just curmudgeonly. <laughs> well, yeah. So I didn't want to bring you guys any more sort of stinking failures. Yeah. Uh, for a HD era, this wasn't entirely unpleasant. No, it was all right. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of very HD era things mm. that I didn't like that I'm sure we're going to get to. Well, let's get into them. So starting out with the questionnaire, Nick, for better or worse, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you? Okay, there was one bit where Homer kept saying "whoa, whoa," because yeah, whoa, 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 well, yeah, yeah, like n- uncharted, not in a lovable Nathan, <laughs> uh, in a lovable Nathan joke way, just in a Marge said something. The joke was that Homer didn't like it, and it was. I reckon 24 or 25. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was not only their act break, but mm. it was their coming back from the act break as yeah. well. And so I turned to the two of you at that point and said, who actually enjoys these jokes? Like, who are they for? Because there are so many of them in the HD era. And look, I understand there's a pretty well-established comedy thing of uh, if you do something heaps, it goes from being funny to not funny and then funny again. Mm. But... That doesn't happen when it's just whoa, 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 I don't think that applies when the first instance of it isn't kind of funny in and of itself. Like the rake gag from uh, Cape Fear is funny because... Being hit in the face of the rake is pretty funny in and of itself. Yeah, especially Just if saying, it's the Whoa, It's not funny. It's not funny unless you're Nathan Drake. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I've got a, like, a lot of bad opinions about Family Guy, but that episode where Peter trips and he hurts his knees and the... Ah, that's funny because it's also... Because he very... hurts himself and it's funny when people are in pain. Yeah. <laughs> but also that specific pain where you go... Ah, it's very relatable. I did it before when I stopped my toe. Yes. I know that you, feeling. You did. Uh, yeah, so that's the moment that stands out for better or worse. It stands out for worse, Elliot. Mm. E-Train. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, th- uh, thank you, N-Train. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of another sort of train. It would have been amazing. In caboose. It would have been amazing if you just said N-word and I was like, what? <laughs> uh, Elliot in the Elliot Bay, may you cut that? N-Tram. <laughs> With the fever on the dance floor. So how about you, James? For better or worse, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you? Well, the very first question that really came to me while watching this episode is what is the nature of art? What does it mean for something to be art? Is the Simpsons art? These are the existential questions we have to ask ourselves, I think, when we're talking about an episode like this. But what really stood out to me about this episode of popular American animated sitcom The Simpsons, compared to a lot of episodes from this era, is that it actually has a plot... And a story where I became relatively invested in seeing what was going to happen next. Mm. Like, Mm. I actually kind of gave a shit about where it was going, what was going to happen, what the resolution was going to be. And this is an episode about adults. Once all that guinea pig shit gets out of the way, this is an episode about adults having, like, a problem that is actually kind of complicated and needing to work through it. And people having, like, different viewpoints and different understandings of what the issue is and needing to talk through it and discuss it. You know, it felt like it was written in a way that actually got me invested in what was happening and made me care about the case and made me consider where I would stand on this particular issue. And I like that a lot. Yeah. I particularly liked that 
when Homer decided that he was going to help Kirk figure out whether or not Kirk was the one that bought the painting. It seems like an altruistic thing to do until you realise that Homer's only doing it because that's actually better for him. I thought I really enjoyed the way that that was written because it could have been someone else who decided to help Kirk, but yeah. Homer doing it in a way that only satisfies him. Yeah. It is much better written than a lot of the yeah, other Yeah, there's HC a certain like, narrative complexity to this where they actually mm. present something that is... There's at least some grey area in the, the narrative of this story about whether this painting that they have purchased very cheap from the Van Houtens, whether they intrinsically owe them some money. Mm. It's just like the plot of that uh, bad Larry David film, Sour Grapes, but better than that. <laughs> uh, does he purchase some grapes that turn out to be expensive? One. Well, this is about like there are two relatives in Vegas and one of them lends the other one a dollar and he puts it in a machine and wins like $500,000. And there, uh, yeah. there's this whole debate about whether he owes the other guy any of the money or not. Yeah, he owes him one dollar. Yes, yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, It's like the Jan Flutto case from uh, Dumb People Town, where not a podcast that I particularly enjoy anymore. But... Take that, Dumb People Town. <laughs> Nobody's safe on the Simpsons Index. <laughs> Dumb We're People take... Town, population you. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming for you next, Serial. Sarah Koenig, watch out. Yes. But yeah, the guy who uh, loaned his girlfriend $50 to play the slot machine, Jesus. she wins 50 grand. And he's like, hey, and but the casino's policy is the person who presses the button is the winner. And yeah. Did I talk about the time that I was once at a casino? And they're right, here's the deal. After a gig, I went to the Adelaide Casino. This is probably 11 years ago now. And we were on a blackjack table, but they weren't playing because some drunk guy had spilled an apple martini all over the playing surface. Was it you, Nick? It wasn't me. <laughs> and they wouldn't let them play with a damp surface. So then they, we were just standing Same. around and I was like, oh, this is weird. And then the dealer was being really rude to the drunk guy that spilled the stuff in like a kind of, well, because he was like, oh, come on, just fucking play. And I was like, well, I can't play because you spilled your fucking apple martini all over the table, you idiot. And I was like, this is entertaining. I'm going to sit around and watch. And then the guy, to me and my friends, he's like, hey, stick around because I really want to play stick around because I need someone to play with and then he slipped us 50 bucks under the table and then they got a hairdryer like literally a <laughs> hairdryer and started drying the table but the drunk guy was so abusive that he ended up getting kicked out of the casino and then me and my mate go sweet $53 we just got 50 wow. bucks with this guy that got kicked out and then you lost them all uh, we drank them all okay you drank the money, you blended it up, and you poured no, it down we, your gullet. We Ooh, a cash teeny. We, tra- <laughs> we traded it for goods or services. Okay. So you traded <laughs> it for peanuts. a bunch of uh, $1 coins and drank those. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. This guy's paying off. <laughs> and after, after I drank the coins, you could say that you could have seen a change in me. Ooh. Could have seen change, change in me. Mm. Ah, oh, Nick, mm. that was pretty solid. I'm not <laughs> laughing, but I appreciated it. Change. Okay. Very good. Change, change, change. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed, yeah, the complexity of the argument and exploring the nuance of that grey area. And also later on in the episode, what stood out to me was the whole idea that the art was a forgery anyway. Mm. And then uh, Mr. Ziegler, played by a guest star of the episode, Max von Sydow. Max S- von Sydow. Is it Sydow or Sydow? Or- Sydow, I don't know. You guys I, both I, appeared very excited when this guy came well, up. I just, I really liked that scene where he handed the plans to Oscar Isaac and said, this will make things right. And then Kylo <laughs> Ren appeared and... <laughs> yeah, shot the laser and he stopped it with his mind and then he kills Max. Oh no. Then the force awakens, Nick. It awakens. We need to watch Star Wars. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> All 14 of them at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what he- if you really like Star Wars, Nick? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. It could. I don't think it will. <laughs> 
Nick, he was also the father in The Exorcist, the priest father. Okay. Yep. Ah, the priest father. Yep. As <laughs> Have you seen The Exorcist? Priest. No, but it's the one that uh, uh, Reagan. Reagan, she's the little. Uh, yep, that's true. Demonic spew girl. Yep, vomitina. Max von Sydow walks in and he hands her the plans for how to get rid of a demon and says this will start to make things right. Yep. Uh, he was also in Minority Port. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty Minority. sure he had some plans in there. Yeah, he saw the plans and said this is how we make things right by killing people before they commit the crimes. Except in Minority Report, wasn't it a series of floating screens that he controlled with his hands and handed to people? Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, I see. He plays someone called Three-Eyed Raven in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he meets Bran and uh, I don't want to spoil Game of Thrones for people, but you know, little Bran, he's got a little adventure with Max von Sydow. Is that mm-hmm. the one that went on to invent cereal? You're thinking of Sarah Koenig. No, I'm thinking of like all Bran. <laughs> anyway, whatever. And uh, you think a guy called Bran invented cereal? Yeah, named it after and he himself. Named the most boring one after himself. Yeah. Well, you got to start. So, I mean, I think if you're inventing cereal, you don't invent Fruit Loops. It was him, Greg Cornflakes, and Johnny Cocoa Pops. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Mr. Brand, he had that kid as well, Sultana, who started this. Oh empire. well, no, that was when one of his kids moved over and became a sultan. Yeah, and then his <laughs> wife was Sultana Brand. Oh fucking cool! He was actually his surname was Pepper as well, and that's how he invented the concept of uh, <laughs> seasoning your food. Shoop. <laughs> Shoot Badoop. Shoot Badoop Badoop Exactly. All, all four of their kids. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I liked the whole exploration of the, you know, if an art piece moved you, even if it was a forgery, you know, does that change it? And I'm still like, well, I mean, it does taint the memory of it. Like, you can't unknow that. So. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't know, like an episode that actually deals with the complexities of what art is, is, you know, even I don't think it goes super deep into it, but it's interesting that it does anything at all with it. Yeah. Super deep, super deep, it goes super deep. <laughs> super deep, yeah. Well, especially like to me, the majority of the HD era episodes are, you know, on the shell, you know, it looks like something that resembles The Simpsons, but it's mostly mm. hollow inside, you know. Mm. Having said that, I do feel like this episode does Marge a little dirty by not acknowledging the fact that part of her backstory is that she really wanted to be an artist yeah. and she is a talented artist. And I believe canonically she painted that painting that gets ruined at the start of the sailboat, didn't she? Mm. It is established at some point, And like, I seem to remember, yeah, Homer like wanting to hawk it. Mum and pop art, I think, that episode. Yeah, that's right. And she like looks at it and is like, huh, you had a lot of talent, <clears throat> kid. Man. I'm but, Marge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic Marge. Um, I hung it on me wall. And the point where the boat painting got ruined was, I believe, the last time that we saw anything to do with the fucking guinea pig that then disappeared. Pokey the guinea pig, afterwards. which I liked because I used to have a cat called Pokey, so I like the name Pokey. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. She was a sweet little cat. Yeah. yeah she yeah. was this ugly little creature, but I liked her. She was good. Yeah. Would you say she was a bit hokey? Would you say Pokey was a bit hokey? I'd say she was a little hokey. Yeah, fair enough. She did the hokey pokey quite regularly. When she turned around, to me, that's what it was all about. (laughs) (laughs) Very nicely done. Play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? Was not even aware this episode existed. Big old zero. Yeah, I think I've seen this maybe twice before. Actually, my biggest memory of this episode is the scene where Homer first arrives onto Isla Verde and he's being spruked the strapo, the alcohol in this, yeah. made of blended capers, I think. Yeah, they really it. went all out on that strapo. Yeah, they and it ended up being kind of funny, which is yeah. unusual for an episode from this era to like really double down on a joke and then for the joke to be kind of worth doubling down on. Yeah, oh, even like the episode tag at the end, the post-credits mm. scene, it was just usually the biggest load of bullshit of any Simpsons episode. Yeah. Yeah, the little Strapo documentary was yeah. good. It's weird because that actually paid it all off for me because when they kept doubling down on this weird 
alcoholic beverage made from fermented capers. They kept doubling down on it so much, and I was like, but it's not an inherently funny name. Mm. I don't really get where they're fucking going here. But then, yeah, the post-credit payoff sequence actually made it work. I like that the slogan for this drink is apparently Strepo, lose everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to lose yourself in the music the moment you want to, you got to never let it go. You only get one shot to not miss your chance to for flow. Because oh. opportunity only comes once in a lifetime. That's my opinion. And that's what I think okay. about drinking. All right, thank you. You um, look exhausted. <laughs> lose, <laughs> lose, lose everything is a very good slogan for a spirit. Yes. So with the way I watch the HDR episodes is by downloading perfectly legal files and on every season 26 they have like the tonight on fox bumpers you know oh. brooklyn 99 and family guy and the one for the simpsons that's on all my season 26 episodes is homer going when he originally gets handed the strapo and he's like sounds delicious it's not mm. that's a good line delivery it's fine it's good oh, it was yeah it was a better delivery than i expected because yeah. I, I thought they were gonna like really overplay it but they came out quite understated and i liked it yeah there is actually a bit more about this episode that's a bit understated, but yeah, the overt moments like the whoa, and even like mm. whoa, 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 and even like Kirk's blushing moment when the, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they don't overplay that too much. We only just watched this, and it already feels like such a distant memory to me. <laughs> and I enjoyed, I enjoyed that when you started saying how I watched season twenty six, and I was going to jump in and be like through gritted teeth and squinting eyes, <laughs> like because that's how I seem to be doing it. Yep, this wasn't that bad though. This yeah. is season 25, though, isn't it? Yep, but yeah. tomorrow uh, with another podcast, we will be watching a season 26 episode. Oh, 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 oh. More on that later. But for now, let's talk about the wackiness. What are some of the cartoony elements of this episode that stood out to you guys? Um, Ooh, this one, it, it didn't feel as wacky as I expected, honestly. It's, uh, it feels relatively grand in a lot of ways. Like, right at the start... Lisa is actually acting very childish in a way. Like I've often said on our podcast, Puzzle and the Kid Springfield, don't forget to subscribe and uh, rate on iTunes. That uh, Smash that fucking notification bell. Exactly. I really like it when they let the kids be kids. And I feel like there was a lot of that very early on. I don't know. Like Nothing's really jumping out to me as super wacky in this one. There was another one of those extended moments with her like jumping around to all the guinea pigs. like. And as much as that did drag, I was like, yeah, Yardley's actually really killing the whole yeah. Uh, yeah. the kid vibe. She's really getting into it. And- oh, there was one line delivery in particular. She went up to one of the guinea pigs and says, like, it's so fluffy, but with a really childish laugh. Mm. Like, she, she, she broke it's up. It's so fluffy. <laughs> It's thick. Fur, it's fur is so thick. <laughs> um, but uh, breaking up one of the words with a childlike laugh, that was a very, very, very good delivery. Mm, yeah, yeah. As far as wacky things go, I actually think the entire guinea pig setup is an extremely wacky thing just in terms of the only reason we had the guinea pig setup, which was the first fucking third of the episode mm. was so that the painting could get broken and they have to find a new painting and then we never saw or heard from the guinea pig ever again. Yeah, it, uh, it appears on her shoulder a couple of times but as yeah, a major yeah. story point way, no. Nah. I also think the guinea pig was drawn alarmingly non-cute. Oh yeah. Like they could have made it a much cuter guinea pig. It had charm. That was a nice charming little charm. pokey, pokey nice. pig. Pokey pig. Yeah, the uh, looking <laughs> at my... Yes, exactly. <laughs> Rex Hunt doing Pokey the Pig. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at my notes, the only thing that really stands out to me is like a scene that was pretty wacky, I guess, that I actually quite liked was when they get to that island at the end and there's the warm Speedo vendor just handing out warm Speedos. (laughs) I mean, look, my underpants are constantly very warm because I'm a sick man, but it's... (laughs) 
Um, so the only thing like wackiness I would say is that it kind of moves through some of the story beats a bit too quickly like the whole Milhouse finding out before his parents did about mm. the expensive art and like Homer and Marge trying to buy him off yes like it is literally the next scene that they find out yeah and I find it very weird and maybe this is just because of some things that have been happening in the Australian courts this week but the idea of adults trying to buy the silence of a child that didn't sit well with me <laughs> oh yeah that didn't sit well with me anymore <laughs> how you going cardinal pell <laughs> hey cardinal pell fuck you fuck you <laughs> yeah i think that's about it for the wackiness how about some of the heart moments was this a particularly heartfelt episode of the episode uh, at the episode index surprisingly <laughs> yes mm. there was some stuff in here like jumping forward a little bit like the way this ends where homer commissions the forgery artist to like paint the new boat but also like uh when he gets the picture of the Van Houtens at the end. Yeah. And what's her face? Mrs. Van Houten unwraps it and looks at it and like, you know, they kind of reunite. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. This is genuinely nice. This is like based on like real character moments and uh, actual emotional depth. It was nice. It was you a know, nice episode. I, I somehow completely missed the story beat that it was Homer that commissioned the portrait of the Van Houtens, which makes that moment much more sweet. Yeah. Because when I saw, uh, whatever her name is, Milhouse's mum, when she unwrapped it and then was like, oh, it's a portrait of us. I was like, that's weird. Kirk wasn't on the island. How did he get this done? But yeah, if it was yeah. Homer, that makes much more sense. Yeah, because a lot of the episode is about like Homer trying to justify potentially screwing over the Van Houtens. Yeah. And then, you know, there's this nice gesture at the end. Nice gesture. And it reunites everyone and it's, it genuinely works. Mm. Yeah. What a solid episode. I would have felt a little bit more heart, though, if he also commissioned the jukebox painting as well. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on with that, whether that was a commission or what he... I suppose if people haven't seen the episode, they have no idea what we're talking about there. It's oh, not really worth explaining, though. No, I just, I have to assume that people have seen the episode otherwise. Yeah. They haven't, just, though. <laughs> yeah. They haven't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, the podcast would be, you know, three hours, which is how long we're going to make it anyway. Yeah. And like but. I said, like, Lisa being a kid is really nice. Just, you know, running around being childish. Uh, which one's Lisa? Uh, she's the little girl, but not the really Fuck. little girl, like the middle oh. little girl. The middle little girl. Middle little. Yeah. Right. She's the uh, Jan Brady, I guess. No, yeah, Jan. Jan's the middle one, right? Yep. Because you got Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You got Cindy. And then you got Jan in the middle. Yeah. And then you got Alice. Yeah. You got Carol. You got all the kids. Oh, ki- Alice is in the middle. Alice in the middle? Oh, in the, she's in the middle uh, of the nine frame. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm calling that a nine frame. It's a word I just invented. Has anyone done a Brady Bunch Rubik's Cube? Oh, I suppose all sides would be the same. <laughs> Imagine a Brady Bunch Rubik's Cube. <laughs> You've got to match up the people who are fucking each other. <laughs> no, because it'd be one of those things. So, you know, the the credit sequence was them just like periodically changing expressions and ah. like looking down and looking across and looking up and looking to the left and looking to the right. It'd be that. So you need to line up like all the left lookings and all yep. the right lookings and all the down Here's lookings. There's a story. You have a bunch of people <laughs> who are living in a really big house. Oh, I really want you to say who were plastered on all sides of a cube <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately though guys did this feel like an episode of the simpsons it kind of did yeah i feel like there's a knee-jerk reaction sometimes to say that the hd episodes don't but for me this one actually did yeah i know like one of the things that um you often mention on your podcast the simpsons index don't forget it's to like. subscribe and like <laughs> it's uh, the online podcast that is also you a often podcast. mention that like regardless of how far the show goes like the sign gags remain very good oh for real there's a lot of like pretending to read magazine homer's reading at some point <laughs> there's a supermarket they go to called pay and leave supermarket which that i is, really yeah, liked it's very good 
that's all very Simpsons-y, but also just, uh, you know, the characters felt like the characters in this one. Yeah. Which is often not the case in the later seasons. Yeah, well, I mean, we hit a couple of touch points of, like, annoying HD trends, like the repetitive jokes and stuff, yeah. but... Like, and they did forget that Marge is an artist, which bothered me, but other than that... Yeah. On the whole, the character integrity, like... No one was being awful versions of the characters we've come to know and love. Mm. And I was very surprised to hear Luann. That's her name. I was very surprised to hear Luann's voice. It feels very different to the voices yeah. that yeah. are. Yeah. I think you said it as well in the episode, James. Like You forget that they're aged sometimes. There's a news car on at some point that says brush with hateness, which I take as a nice reference to brush ah. with greatness, the earlier episode. Mm. I hung it on me wall. I'm Ringo, by the way. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine was having a very hard day. Out. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Sometimes I don't say words so good, Nick. Thomas the Tank Engine was having a very thick day. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine was so thick. <laughs> God damn it. What it's your thing? turn, Percy. <laughs> Turn like that. <laughs> the fat controller was extremely thick. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he spelt it with two C's and no K. Oh god. Is Kirk's ex in this episode meant to be the one who is changing wigs back in a Millhouse Divided? Oh, Stella. Yeah. Stella. Stella. Um, Stella. They looked nah, they looked very different. Um to use this again, Starla was a bit thicker. Like <laughs> She looked like one of the Vegas wives from whatever episode I that was. I thought that too. Yeah. Except that wasn't Kirk. It was Homer and Flanders. Homer and Flanders. Homer and Flanders. No Flanders in this episode no at Flanders all. No Flanders at all. Flanderless. Mm. <laughs> mm. But yes or no, would you watch this one again? I think I might actually. Mostly to find out what happened to the guinea pig because I'm annoyed that I didn't see a resolution for the guinea pig story. Hmm. I would not object to watching again. Like, I don't know. I don't know the context of where I would find myself watching this again. But if it was on TV, I'd say to whoever I was with, hey, hey, this episode's all right. Why don't we watch it? Huh? What are you so afraid of? <laughs> and I'd say, well, it's the latest season episode, James. I don't know. I'd say, hey, I've seen it before. I think it's pretty good. And then they'd watch it and say, James, you have good taste, impeccable taste. And I am uh, I'm impressed by this display of it. Uh, let's elope. So, yeah, I like this one. All right. And we often say if we'd watch it again... Elliot, would you watch it again? Yeah, I'd watch it again. It certainly passes the hangover test, which is like the lowest point of... uh, In that it is better than the hangover part three. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Bradley Cooper was not in it, though. Wasn't he? No. Uh, No, I mean in this episode. Oh, right. Hey, I just want to get another look at you. (laughs) Have you seen A Star Is Born? No. It's pretty good. Really? It's legitimately good. I really Uh, liked it. It looks like uh, such... No, but it really uh, works. It's good. I didn't expect much, but Bradley Cooper's really good in it. Lady Gaga's great. What about A Star Is Burns? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, all right. That's an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, yes. The show that uh, we're discussing today. What? Uh, So we'd watch this episode again. (laughs) Maybe we'd watch it in the context of a playlist. What playlist would this belong in? Simpsons Pets. Yeah. Put in mm. one of the, is there a Van Houten playlist we got going? This sure. and like a Millhouse Divided and all. Because, you know, Kirk Van Houten, I think, is a sneaky, underrated character of this show. Yeah. I think these playlists are mostly theoretical. Elliot doesn't actually have a bank of playlists, but I like the way you ask permission. <laughs> uh, can I include it in this list? Uh, Elliot, yeah. is there room in, in the Van Houten list for one more episode? <laughs> oh, I guess we'll just squeeze it oh, in there. We'll, we'll make space. There's also, there's a few episodes about art. I guess you could put it in there. There's like yeah. Mum and Pop Art, Brush with Greatness. Yeah. This yep. one, I hung it on me wall. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that going to be the name of that playlist? The I hung it on me wall. I hung playlist? it on me wall. Excellent. Thomas. <laughs> yes. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> 
Nick, what would you like to change about this episode? I've been thinking about how I can change the episode and how I can get a resolution to the guinea pig plot. Mm. I think that the guinea pig should run away and Lisa should be sad and then Homer commissions a portrait of the guinea pig as well. Oh. I think mm. that would give oh, resolution nice. to the guinea pig story and it would also tie in with Homer being nice in commissioning portraits for people. Yeah. It'd be sad for the guinea pig to run away and we can only assume be killed but uh you know the portrait wouldn't need to be of the moment at which the guinea pig was killed by the tire of a jeep mm. it could just be like a nice little portrait yeah yeah like sure that. that's what uh, i'd change how about you james what would you like to change i would make marge's artistic leanings uh, more integral to the story i think uh yeah. leaving that out is the major oversight of the episode i've often said on our podcast positive the Kids springfield don't forget to like and subscribe that marge gets short shrift in some of these episodes uh, isn't given as much, uh, you know, value and agency as I would like. I think this episode, I think it's a good episode for Marge, but I would like them to acknowledge this huge element of her past that somehow just slips under the radar and is forgotten about. Yeah. Because I like Marge. She's good. The closest character to my age in The Simpsons at the moment. And this means that right now I identify with her very heavily despite living a very different life to her. Yeah. So I always like it when Marge is given stuff to do in I The Simpsons. Like, I feel like that was two alarmingly concise answers to the what would you change about <laughs> this pod. Because often that section can be a little sprawling as people try to work it out. I yeah. Feel like I, but this episode is yeah. actually quite good. So it's, it's not it's that quite much. good. Yeah. And Elliot? Yeah, I've been trying to think long and hard because, like, I mean, it's not a perfect episode by any measure. Like, the things I'd change is, yeah, a lot of those, like, dragging out moments. Um, oh, yeah, that can fuck off. The whoa, whoa, whoa's. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but even then, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. there's only a few of them. And yeah. they're bad, but I don't know. The thing that I find perhaps strangest about the whoa, 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 whoa's, which I didn't mention before, is especially in the whoa, 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 it was like, okay, this is clearly fucking filler. This episode must be running short. And then after the episode ends, we get another 90 second tag where they explain the history of the Strupo liqueur. And so it's like, fuck, how short was this episode that you had to put yeah. in like a minute long filler repetition gag and then still have a minute and a half to fill at the end? Like it feels bonkers to me that that's the case. Well, and that sort of comes in my problem with it is that it does move through the plot beats a lot really quickly and they could have existed More in those... More than it has to. Yeah. Mm. Well, they could have existed in a few of the moments a bit longer and the idea that Homer's greed is putting a strain on the Van Houten's marriage, like... But I also don't think there was the connection there when Kirk's old floozy comes back to town. Like, mm. I mean, Luann should be pissed at Kirk for lying, but also... They were divorced. She was with Pyro and Gyro. I mean, yeah, it's she's, a little perfunctory. Yeah, she's not uh, the angel of the relationship pissing strapo. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> she's not <laughs> the angel of the relationship pissing strapo. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. a saying. <laughs> That's what I've always said. <laughs> Damn you, Eastern States people. Oh, she's no pissing angel. That's for sure. Peace oh. and love. Peace and love. Oh, all right. Oh, all right then. I'll, I'll just go and piss over here. I'll then shall I? Piss over here. Then shall I? <laughs> Nick, any other notes? Yes, a couple. <laughs> An alarming. I, Jekyll, I took oh, more notes for this. Usual for you. Than we do for a normal episode of Pods of the Key of Springfield. <laughs> Frustrating, frankly, but yeah. <laughs> Please forget to like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> my final notes are when Homer burns a series of violins and then uses the bows to roast marshmallows. They would be rosin-infected marshmallows, and mm. that wouldn't taste very nice. There was a one of the, one of those Simpsons writers. Oh, I just learnt this word jokes where. Uh, 
uh, Homer yes. does originally pick up the bows and goes, ooh, cello rosin. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, uh, when they're eating dinner... Everyone has a plate that's full of stuff and then in the middle of the table there's a plate that has about six chops on it. I feel like Marge cooked too many chops. Mm. Um, yeah, calm down, Marge. Uh, too many chops, too, too many, many chops. chops. <laughs> Family is like a soup. <laughs> Everyone adds an extra scoop. <laughs> we see Richard Branson floating in space admiring an artwork that's floating next to him. Which I really enjoyed as a weird thing. Mm. And then my final note was, who's this grizzled fuck? But we've already discussed that because, <laughs> because the two of you seemed happy when that guest star arrived. Yeah, until Kylo Ren came along and killed him. <laughs> a little spoiler for a movie that everyone has seen except Nick. Yeah. James, any other notes? I've actually got quite a few because this is what I do. I write a lot of oh notes. So I'll, try to, I'll try to race through them. You got that A4 paper filled up. Um, all yeah, about baby. that A4, baby. Yardley Smith is really good early on. Just mm-hmm. a little note. Uh, good work, Yardley. They draw up a contract for Lisa at the start, and I like that the contract has a clause about if the guinea pig becomes famous on the internet, then the rights revert back to the parents. Yep. Mm. Because, I don't know, I feel like that's the main reason people get pets now, isn't it? To try yeah. and make the internet famous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, what Homer like, skips over a few pages and says, boilerplate, boilerplate, what's that mean? Oh, yeah, okay. So, boilerplate is common terminology in contracts for the kind of clauses that appear in every contract. I think it comes from boiler making, as in there are just literally plates that you weld and rivet into things and they're standardized so the kind of clauses that say you know throughout this contract he can also mean she and you know references to singular can include references to plural all that typical kind of it's in every contract to avoid confusion boilerplate 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 so you don't need to explain them in as much detail as you do the custom clauses right yeah cool good times Legal corner. There was a. Uh, I've got a next note- legal corner. <laughs> I've got a note fairly early on here that just says, "I have not laughed yet, but I am not angry." Oh, I just chuckled. So that was a <laughs> nice little moment from early on. I love the live written reaction. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a little haiku. <laughs> Homer's got a line early on that I liked. We said, uh, "That's what's great about art. Everyone can have different opinions about why it sucks." Absolutely, that resonated with me. Yeah, I knew, I knew it would. <laughs> and then moments later, he says that great art is about something terrible happening to Jesus, which is a pretty funny line. Yeah, pretty funny, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, because uh, when I went to the Louvre with my family, and it was the most frustrating thing because like they wanted to stop and look at everything, and I'm like, guys. This place is huge. Let's fucking go to the Mona Lisa right now while it's still early. Mm. And they wanted to Before look. Before she at- has to leave, <laughs> I, she I, only I, does performances <laughs> twice a day. I, I also enjoy. Let's go look at the Mona Lisa while it's still early, mate. It's six hundred years old or whatever. <laughs> like it is not early in the context of. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of like just very specific like dialogue about just what it's like to be an adult and like have other adult friends and you know for everything to be a bit weird like. Uh, at one point, Homer says, when they were trying to hide everything with the Van Houtens, we were going to treat you to dinner at an upscale chain restaurant and never explain why. Yeah. Which I think is such a specific, nice line. Um, just jumping back to the loo for the moment, I love the idea of you being really angry at your family because they're like, oh no, Elliot, we're going to take time to look at everything. So if you don't mind, we'll just... And they gesture at the wall and you're like, that's the you are here map, you fucking <laughs> idiots. The red dot signifies nothing <laughs> other than your location relative to the rest of the building. Can we go? (laughs) (laughs) But I was justified. I got to see the Mona Lisa up close. They had to fucking wade through the people. Is that Mona Lisa justified? Justified. (laughs) Justified. And then the last note that I'm going to mention here is I like the scene 
where people start throwing rocks through the Simpsons window. Yeah. And the first one has an insult tied to it. Then the next one is a support rock. That's a fun little thing. <laughs> yeah. It's fun when fun things happen. That's my opinion. That was, peace and love. Peace and love. That was good. I wasn't a huge fan of then cut to a huge pile of rocks. This one's for us. This one's against us. This one's against us. This one's against us. This one's for us. This one's for us. We get whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. J- jumping back to how we have changed it. I would have preferred two huge piles of paper and then, well, that's 37 for us and 37 against. Like, yeah. we, we didn't need to see the counting yeah yeah i mean i don't think it was set up great either because they just watched the news report they had one rock thrown in and marge is like the whole town's against us yeah that was weird and, but yeah it was saved by that it's, whole... a, it's a consensus rock <laughs> the town has voted we can see the signatures here at the bottom all right it's time for my final notes elliot's final notes elliot's final notes elliot's final notes prepare yourself for elliot's final notes oh, i'm fucking prepared oh you fucking better be yeah well i am what are I? you looking at me that way for calm down you trying to start something here james i'm trying to start elliot's final notes segment nick yes i apologize my tone was inappropriate <laughs> and i also want to hear elliot's final notes let's stop making eye contact and we'll both look at elliot i three. just hope that we can continue our great friendship <laughs> yeah, after this argument yeah, okay good. okay no, three two, two one. one elliot I was reasonably impressed where Homer, I thought he was going to make a Leonardo da Vinci as DiCaprio joke, but he went with Leonardo da Vinci code. Yep. Not bad. Yep. Yep. Because I'm, right. I'm fucking sick of the Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't realize that was Wait, a Wait, you didn't like The Revenant? <laughs> I didn't realize that was a subgenre of joke. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Doing the whole, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio painting the Mona Lisa. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I'd, I'd find it much more interesting if it was Leonardo da Vinci in The Revenant trying to use one of his <laughs> fucked helicopters to get away from the bear. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> He's got like that paraglider from Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to outrun the bear. Oh, I'm Hugh Glass. <laughs> Luann mentions that they went to a lot of banana fits together. Are they a thing? Banana fits. Oh, like no, if, benefits if, if, with yeah, banana fits. Banana fits. Friends with banana fits. Oh, that's what it was. That, yeah. So she said that they were friends with banana fits, which is an. Ex- I assume it's mentioned is about his dick. Is dick. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, it, oh, because it's yellow and bent. Yes. Oh, yeah. it is yellow, isn't it? Mm, it will be yellow. We've seen one dick. One one, um, it was one yellow. Simpson dick and it was yellow. And we've seen some breasts, unfortunately, because you bought me that issue of Playboy. <laughs> oh my god, I was gonna ask to, uh, you to bring that today. I needed to I have <laughs> thank I have, God you didn't. I now have two issues of that because <laughs> I one didn't arrive in time, so I ordered the second and then it rocked up. So I have two Issues of the well, actually, one both of them in Croatia. One of them, yeah, it's both maybe in the worst magazine ever published. Yeah, the, for, for anyone who's not up to speed, this is the issue of Playboy that Marge was in. We talk yeah. about it in um, the uh, the January Christmas episode of our podcast, yeah, Plus the, the Kids Springfield. The traditional, yeah, uh, as we always celebrate Christmas in January. Which, by the way, yes. I listened to episode one of our podcast last night because someone <laughs> was talking to me about it, and we started recording very, very early on. We recorded in January, and it was a Christmas episode. Simpsons yeah. roping on a roping, roasting on fire, <laughs> and Christmas in January is a theme that runs through it our podcast. Kind of is, kind isn't of it? is. But anyway, yes, the magazine's horrifying. Thank you for asking, Elliot. Do yeah. you buy a coffee? Well, I mean, I do have a copy, but mine's in English. Well, I wanted to see what. <laughs> Boring. Don't have it in English. Yeah, that's all my notes. It's time to rank this thing. Rank this thing. On the Simpsons Ooh, Index. I'm going to rank this thing. Ooh. Easy right. now. I'll just go and rank it over here then, <laughs> shall I? <laughs> Not the... worth explaining that joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
On the Simpsons Index, <laughs> we use a five-point ranking system oh, that six. goes from uh, six. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode is just meh or smeh. Snuh. 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 You give it a participant, but for the positive rankings, you got OK, Bronze, Good, Silver, Excellent, Gold, but for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm giving this one a Bronze that was close to edging on a Silver, but the overall vibe of it to me was positive, but it still had some hallmarks of HD crap that I don't like, so Bronze. Nick, you're next. This is one of those things where... I need to keep conscious that to keep the integrity of the spreadsheet, which is something that I'm always concerned about doing, to keep the integrity of the spreadsheet, I need to vote for me, not for what I want the outcome to be. So I'm also going to say bronze. Ideally, no, I say I, I don't want to influence James. Ideally, I would have liked it to end up shinier than that, but mm. I think it's going to end up bronze for me, for yeah. my enjoyment. Well, I can't tell you how to rank, but uh, the philosophy I go with is, yeah, mm. vote for yourself, vote for your gut, and whatever the average ends up being is... Is, uh, is what it is. James? I've given this one a lot of thought. I've been you know, percolating in my mind over this time. and Ooh, my like coffee. Like, exactly like coffee. My initial instinct initial instinct was to go bronze as i thought you know this is a i've enjoyed this quite a bit but it is like it has the trappings of like a later period simpsons and i I started to think about it more and more i thought well by the standards of what later simpsons is and what it became i think this is a very strong episode and i think it's an episode that keeps track of what the simpsons is and why the simpsons is good and like there is a very strong glimmer of what makes this show worthwhile and maybe what it could have been if it had maintained a level of quality over yeah. 25 seasons. Like, for an episode in season 25 of any show, this is extremely strong. <laughs> Even though, you know, most episodes of this era are quite bad. And I'm thinking, in terms of the episodes from this era I have seen, this has to be one of the better ones. <laughs> this has to be, like, a very good example of this era of The Simpsons. And I liked it, and it was adult, and it was well-written. Are you building up to Cubic Zirconia? No, I'm building up to Sylvie. <laughs> I'm oh. going to give it a Silver. Fuck yeah. And it's just scraping through on Silver. But yeah, just following my heart here, I think Bronze wouldn't quite convey the fact that I actually liked this quite a bit. It wasn't just like a... It wasn't just me accepting, oh yeah, this is not bad. Like I actually think this is a good episode of television. So I'm giving it Silver. Good. I'm very glad that it ended up being... Shiny bronze. A chunky bronze. And this will end up being a shiny, chunky bronze. (laughs) So season 25 was the only season that we've had so far to have never gotten a positive ranking. So this has broken the season 25 curse. Yeah, right. Out of how many episodes that you've done from 25? 11, I want to say. 11? It's 11. Yep, 11 episodes so far. Is 25 the season with the Lego episode as well? Yes. Because that's quite good. I like that episode. We Did you not like it? Uh, we ranked it unanimous participant. It looked good, but like the story was fucking. I really, I, I like that episode. <laughs> oh, mm. yeah. bad discussions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean a lot of people do, but yeah, it's sweet. It's nice. Yeah, but it also the story kind of sucks. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be a shiny bronze all around. It'll be joining other such shiny bronzes as the saga of Carl, where we find out Carl is. Uh, I like that episode. Icelandic. Yeah, that's yeah. a surprisingly good one. 
Bart Hood, where they like skip through Bart's life every few years. I much hate like that episode. Boy- it's terrible. Really? <laughs> I like. Okay, I like Boyhood so much. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that off air. And also, there will be buds where Kirk tries to be friends with Homer because their kids are all playing lacrosse together. Uh, and then there's the oil fields and. Uh... <laughs> you haven't seen There Will Be Blood? No. <laughs> okay. See, I'm actually somewhere between you and Nick with my film watching where there's like some serious gaps, but overall I enjoy the medium. Yes. That's a pretty good idea. You have a milkshake and I have a milkshake and my straw stretches all the way across the room into your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. You haven't seen that? No. great. That was a very... I drink it up. Don't bully me, Daniel. What a movie. That was an astonishing performance. Thank you. (laughs) For something I have no context on. All right, and before we move on, is that reputation justified? Oh, hang on a second, I've got a sting. Oh, really? So yeah, I. yeah, because oh, well, well, well hang on. Have <laughs> you, you, your sting first. Have you got a recorded BT? Is that reputation justified? See, because I didn't know whether or not we we're gonna, because obviously BT's not here, so yeah. I did. Is that reputation justified? Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'd also like to ask whether the reputation's justified. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, you haven't got a pre-recorded version of you asking? <laughs> no. Uh, right. Tony Sokol of Denner Geek. Um, hang on, has BT got a nickname for him? No, he's actually one that we don't reference that much. All right, well, hang on. In the absence of BT, if you can just take that again and I'll do like a BT-style nickname sting for it. Gotcha. Tony Sokol of Den of Geek. The Snorkeling Sokol. <laughs> he gave this episode four out of five stars. Oh, fuck. I've got, sorry, I've got a better one. Can we go again? <laughs> Tony Sokol of Den of Geek. So-called Tony. <laughs> the Snorkeler. <laughs> Jesus. He said, I've said before and I'll say it again that The Simpsons towers over all current TV sitcoms. That the worst episode of Simpsons will still have more laughs per minute than the best episode of, say, Modern Family. Oh, that's not true. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't like Modern Family, but I also don't like Modern Simpsons. See what no. I did? See what I did? Like it. Yeah. And also Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Ah, Dennis the Feather Touch Perkins. The wild The card. one that Yardley oh, Smith recently attacked on Twitter. Really? Did you see that? No. We'll talk about that later. Turns out, turns out Yardley's the real wild card the whole time. Dennis the wild card Perkins. If you can just edit together all those things <laughs> I flubbed and make them make sense, that'd be great. Dennis the edit Perkins. Yardley's flubbed Perkins. If you can sense, that'd be great. Uh, he gave this episode a B, and for the AV Club, that's actually roughly where we went on it as well. Oh, okay. So he said, this episode is like early Simpsons on an off day, pleasantly forgettable, except that if the <laughs> old show had a bad week, it was a safe bet that the next episode would be better. Now there's hmm. a disheartening sense that the episode of quite competence without any major missteps will have to suffice. Bit of a wild card. Yeah. I mean, actually, I feel like those HD reviews were probably closer in line than... They normally are on this show because normally we'll pan it and then they go, fucking, how good's this? Give it the Emmy or yeah. whatever it is the award for TV is. No, that's why we call Dennis Perkins the wild card. We're never sure wild if we card. agree with him or not. And who's the feather touch? Robert Canning. Robert, Ca- oh, Robert the feather touch Canning, of course. I really am imagining like, remember that show in the late 90s, early 2000s that was like claymation celebrity cage death matches? Oh, celebrity death yeah. match. Celebrity yeah. death yeah. match. I'm imagining all of these various reviewers going head to head, but I don't know what any of them look like. I'm just imagining BT doing the voiceover for it all. All right, it is time for the Teens Era episode where we're going to season 14's The Bart of War. We'll be back. Fuck, Isn't that it. the same as the one we just watched? No, that was, was the War of Art. The War of Art and now the Bart of War? I'm, mm-hmm. noticing, I'm noticing a theme Are we going to play God of War after this? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> 
And we are back and we just watched our Teens Era episode and this was Season 14, Episode 21, The Bart of War. Mm, First released in May of Ought 3. It was directed by Michael Polcino, written by Mark Wilmore. In this episode, Bart and Milhouse sneak into Flanders' house and find his Beatles memorabilia collection and they like really destroy it. And so as punishment, they get like sent to uh, like Boy Scout groups. Racism camp. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, guys, what'd you think? This sucks. <laughs> this is bad and it's racist and they should feel bad that they made it and they should be punished for it. Yeah. So this was 2003? Ought 3, yes. Ought 3, so it's one of yours because it's the early aughts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me being early ought J. O'Neill. Early ought J. O'Neill. <laughs> Starts with a South Park parody. Yeah, take that, South Park. It's been so long since South Park has been a thing that I've experienced that I was looking at the Simpsons South Park going, is that what it looks like? Like, <laughs> I, I can barely remember anymore. And the joke of the South Park parody is that a robot has OJ Simpson up its butt. Yeah, so they're taking on South Park with their lol so random, like, celebrity, like, because I felt like South Park actually did do that in the early days where they just pick mm. a random C-list celebrity and just go hard on them, like Sally Struthers, Brother Streisand, OJ Simpson on yeah. equal part with those, uh, those people. But yeah, in this parody, like, this actually felt more like making fun of Family Guy, whereas South Park, I think, yeah, had a lot more sort of sophisticated story structure than they were giving them credit for. Mm. Yeah, fewer robots fighting out OJ yeah. in the actual show, I think. I'm not 100% on that. It's, it's been, been a while. while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who owned the Stained album that had It's Been a While oh, on wow. it, it is astonishing to me that that song has come back into the zeitgeist <laughs> in such a strong way because I reckon there was about 15 years where I genuinely think I was one of four people in the world that remembered that song. I think it's largely on Scott Ackerman that yeah, it's come back. I completely agree, but it's astonishing that it has. <laughs> when I started hearing people say it, I was like, wait, Oh, track three off that album, Break the Cycle by Stained. <laughs> Elliot, are you planning on getting Scott Ackerman on this podcast? Uh, I'm always trying. <laughs> Get Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins, maybe. Oh, that, that'd be <laughs> Maybe the Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. We, uh, we, we've only ever had Scott Octopus and Paul F. Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PFT in the background the whole time just lose like... <laughs> All right, well, let, let's fucking hook into this. Uh, Do we have to? Can we just talk about something else? <laughs> I'm sure we will. I feel like this will be one of those ones where I yeah, have to keep riding the ship on the course that I don't want to. James, for better or worse, what's something about this episode that stands out to you? Uh, this episode is racist. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, bad. It, uh, I don't know, like even the basic stuff, like referring to the Native Americans as Indians throughout. Yeah. Is, you know, and there's one joke in here where Apu sort of ironically points out that they are reappropriating the basically a culture that has been destroyed by white America. And Marge is like, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. And then it just sort of carries on without any further commentary on. It's like somebody with a little more thought, like did one pass on the script and made a handful of changes. But uh, the superstructure remains the same. And it, it's upsetting. It's bad. I hate it. Yeah, it, it didn't even feel like it done in a clever way, like they were like pointing it out. No, it was the one Indian character of the show, who, you know. Who <laughs> like I didn't look into it, but the uh, you know they have one Native American character in there. I it sounded like one of the regular voice cast. I doubt they got anyone in. I didn't look into it. I don't no, know. No sure. guest stars for this episode. Hell's bells. <laughs> Nick, what's something about this episode stands out to you, for better or worse? It's definitely in the worst column, and it's when Bart and Milhouse break into the Flanders house, because for some reason they care. So, 
Bart and Milhouse secure their boredom, tie a string around a fly. The fly goes in through a window at the Flanders house. For some reason, they care. I, it's all very spurious. It is not signposted as to why they give a fuck about where the fly is. So they go into the house. And while they're in there, Bart finds a photo of... It's a family photo of the Simpsons. And it says, uh. bless our neighbours. And Bart's like, Haha, that's so gay. I don't think Bart knows what gay means. And either little Bart doesn't know what gay means. Little buddy boy. Little buddy boy. Or the writers are deliberately saying that it's bad to be gay. Mm. Not keen on either of those interpretations, really. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, I barely even know how to comment on this episode to tell you the goddamn truth. There is just so little to latch onto this episode. Like, there's not a lot going on. Yeah. It just felt like it was just on TV. Like, I was watching it, but I barely felt like I was watching it. Except, James, the things that I find very concerning are there are two direct, like, intravenous level link-ups with our podcast. Yes, Pods, Pods in the Key of Springfield. Springfield. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, rate us on iTunes. And, Five stars, baby. And, yeah, so firstly, we find out that Ned's a huge fucking Beatles nerd. Yeah. Which yeah. is an astonishing link to our thing because we've been talking about the Beatles on our Simpsons podcast for a very long time, so it's yes. a nice little crossover. You can go and listen to our episode about the album Revolver if that's the thing you want to do. That's the thing you want to do. <laughs> and then... And yeah, it's almost like I intentionally picked this episode for a couple of Beatles fans. <laughs> yeah, nearly. But then an, an even stranger link, which I'm not sure that you did on purpose, maybe you did, we've got a running joke of this little voice thing we do of, Papa, Papa. <laughs> we um, like to imagine for some reason that there's a little boy out there somewhere who will only get orphan. blood transfusions if yeah. Nick has enough notes and it's, it's hard I'm, to describe. I'm not sure what the provenance <laughs> of that character is, but the fact that on two occasions, two scenes in which Nelson turns to a tree, which he is imagining he's his father, and says, Papa, yeah. fucking terrifying. In the exact cadence as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that's probably where we got the voice from, but I didn't remember it being this episode. I have seen this episode before i'm not sure that i ever have i mean yeah it may have been a subconscious pull from you but it definitely wasn't for me um mm. i found the whole thing slightly concerning <laughs> that we and our podcast is deeply imbued into a very problematic episode of <laughs> little known sitcom the simpsons that your life is just so ingrained with the simpsons that all of your cultural touchstones are based on episodes you don't even remember anymore yeah yeah mm. yeah what is art, though, really? <laughs> <laughs> what was a moment for better or worse that stood out to you, Elliot J. O'Neill? Tying into the next question as well, like, play count. How many times have you seen this one before? May as well. I think it's zero. Yeah, first time. I do not recall any element of this episode, even though it's 2003, which even is... Even all the Beatles stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though I was still watching The Simpsons then, I do not recall any element of this episode as being familiar. Oh, wow, James. I've definitely seen it before, but it can't be more than two maybe three times i don't know it's like i i feel like i've watched it maybe intentionally once and then it's been on in the background in other situations throughout my life maybe yeah well this is like one of the last ones that i remember videotaping and so i've actually seen this quite a few times and i you remember sat there with your camcorder pointed at the tv <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you send it into australia's funniest home videos <laughs> Watch out for your hat, lady, and then you a hat blows off. Oh, it's so close. funny. Thuffer and thuck it, hush. They make you smile. <laughs> Australia. 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 
yeah, so I've actually seen this a good dozen times, I'd say. And I remember at the time being excited because all the commercials were like, they're going to do a big Beatles thing. And mm. like me being a massive Beatles fan, especially at this time, I would have been in high school at the time. Mm. And this is like when my Beatle mania kicked off for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was really excited for all the references. So like I watched this episode quite a bit, but mostly for the Beatles stuff. And, and there's really not that much in there. It's no. like, a, hey, we got four gags. Well, how Millhouse read the names on these cans. My precious antique cans. (laughs) Oh, look what you've done to them. It's bad. It's a bad episode and I hate it. Let's end this podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what stands out to me is all the Beatles stuff. And, you know, if you look in the background, there is some loving detail where Mm. they've pretty much drawn all the records exactly, not even Simpsonized them. And there's, you know, a few nods to Beatles stuff, like the Ed Sullivan suits Mm. and and all that stuff. But, like, on this watch, I just realised how hollow it actually is. Yeah. And how little it actually makes sense for Flanders, of all people. Yeah, we get a little scene of uh, Milhouse kissing Yoko Ono, which is weird because he's a little boy. He's just a little boy, Elliot. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, it was something I was reading and doing my research that Bart and Milhouse drink the two cans that were the Beatles, the dead ones. Mm. You're saying they're drinking two cans? (laughs) Two cans ham. (laughs) Two cows, that very early internet site where you'd go and download programs. Like you go download Winamp from Two Cows. <laughs> no, I was referring Fruity Loops, the very early internet dance music making program. Oh, yeah, Fruity Loops. One of the original creators of Serial. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. Linking back to Old Mate Brand. Yes. <laughs> um, Brand Stoker. Yes. Um, <laughs> I want to suck your feet. Ah, ah, ah. Um, what? What? <laughs> so yeah, look. I mean, as a stupid dumb teenager, I watched this episode quite a bit, and like, I'm like, wow, what a stupid dumb teenager. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, especially because th- there's one part where Bart references some um, what I am the walrus lyrics. I reckon. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Um, Yellow matter custard dripping out of dad's dog's eye. And it's just, it's so fucking pedestrian. It's such a pedestrian reference because he starts tripping off the bad soda and then just says some lyrics while tripping out of it. It's so pedestrian that it's crossing Abbey Road. Peace and love, peace and love. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's all right. Oh, yeah. Someone sent me a... a, 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 An image? Yeah, it was an image. Thank you. (laughs) Someone sent me an image the other day. It was one of those things where I was like, fuck, how have I never made that connection? It was the Abbey Road picture, and there's a white Volkswagen that's parked on a curb behind them, and they had an arrow pointing to it, and it said the fifth Beetle. Because it was a Volkswagen <laughs> Beetle. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> how, how have I never made that connection before? Oh, that's good. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say about this, it felt like, yeah, the writers actually didn't have much of an affinity with the Beatles, but the animators clearly yeah, did. interesting. Because why Well, because Flanders you can't like, get people. the rights to the Beatles songs without spending a lot of money. It comes across as... Yeah. And oh. they've already done like three tributes to the Beatles throughout the run of the show. It's weird to and there's a, and there's a weird, have this heartless one here. And there's a weird joke about Michael Jackson owning all the Beatles music where Homer just says like, oh, now I'm being Michael Jackson. Hey, I don't know your music. It's yeah. f- fucking... What what was going on in the writer's room for this episode? Makes it a particularly bad time to watch this episode. Yes, it does. All things considered. <laughs> yeah. Now that we have all officially left Neverland, I think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Not looking forward to covering that episode in the future. Well, well if you even while. can, <laughs> now that yeah. they're taking it out of the rotation. So what were some of the wacky things about this episode? Oh, Cartoony elements oh and such. 
I've got a slightly wacky thing that I saw. So there's you a, are Captain Wacky, after they, all. <laughs> thank you. There's a ca- there's a um, a captain. There's a newspaper we see where the headline is like cavalry kids do something or other. But the second inset article, the headline is President shoots wife. What? No shit. You guys were both writing notes. Oh, was that a flash forward to what's about to happen? Possibly. I looked over at the both of you and I'm like, neither of them clocked that. I'm going to keep that (laughs) under my hat until the recording. President shoots wife. That's fairly wacky. Except, you know what? In 2019, I wouldn't be that surprised. I don't know if his hands are capable of firing a gun. (laughs) Tiny little hands. It'd have to be like one of those Derringers or whatever. Hey, Donald Trump. Fuck you, you cunt. Right, Can so I say cunt on this podcast? Absolutely. Someone. As long as I'm referring to Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, because that's a running joke on Pods and the Kids Springfield. We've used that word twice and both times it's been a reference to Trump. Yeah. A third time it was not in reference to Trump and so we bleeped it. <laughs> and we just said it on that episode we just recorded earlier. I might bleep that though. Did we? I was re- I was uh, quoting Magnolia. Oh, Magnolia. Magnolia. Pods in the Key of Springfield. Don't forget to like and subscribe. A Magnolia podcast. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> All right. Fire my way. So the fight that breaks out at the baseball stadium as well, was there anything that you liked in that? I kind of like a Dredrick Tatum about to beat up Mo, and Mo's like, yeah, I'm Mo, what's going on over here? <laughs> yeah. Which is, How did I get myself in this situation? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm Mo over here. <laughs> um, That's my Mo. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fight was fine. I did enjoy someone tackles Homer. Is it Luann's boyfriend tackles Homer? Possibly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't so, beat up uh, my wife, uh, oh, girlfriend's ex-husband. Oh, don't beat up my wife's ex-husband over here. <laughs> yeah. So whoever that guy's name is. Pyro he, or Gyro. He tackles Homer and then Barney comes and tackles the other guy off Homer. And I like that. I like that Barney was there going, hey, don't beat up my friend. Yeah. But then no, we like, really are like the uh, Millhouse in the box factory, hoping there'll be candy in one of the boxes. <laughs> these reaches not we can- have to make to find something. Yeah, there's not candy in any of these boxes. So, you know, we're talking about in the last episode about Marge's agency and like how do you like her sort of uniting everybody with her crying at the end of this I <sighs> don't care for it don't care for any of this <laughs> I don't know it's just like it's nothing there's nothing here there's nothing Elliot how do you do this every week <laughs> uh, but then yeah the, the crying at the end felt very very weird to me I mean there's something I like about them recognize that Singing the American National Anthem is, I mean, it, it, it's very, like, a lot of violent imagery in it. So let's sing something more peaceful like the National Anthem of Canada. They should have sung something from the Beatles. Oh. Yeah. Why something not? Something in the way where the Beatles. <laughs> Surely all you need is love would have been a nice oh. tie-up for that. But... <laughs> Very good. All we need is Norm. Um, <laughs> but fucking also the parody anthem that Bart and his little boys She's sing. So do, do, I don't do, know do, about do, do, do. Thick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they could have killed like seven minutes. It would have been great. <laughs> the parody anthem that Bart and his little boys. Little sing. boys. Maybe that would have been funny if I could have understood a fucking yeah, word I of it. Really it was mixed it. so poorly. You've got like database as one of the kids there with an infamously bad voice. Yeah. And just four Nelson Ralph, he's very high pitched. It's very hard to understand. Yeah, four little boys all singing in not quite unison. Possibly all voiced by Nancy Cartwright yeah, as well. It's just four Potentially. Nancy's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna try and find the parody lyrics that they did sing because like that's the thing with a good parody. You wanna be distinct with your words. Yeah, I and mean stuff. a parody is nothing if you don't understand the words. Yeah. Because guess what the parody is, Elliot? It's the words. 
Yeah. Do you Elliot, think- do you ever watch these episodes and get kind of like angry about how, or annoyed by how angry you are oh. over them? As I'm sitting here thinking, I should not be this angry. It's a cartoon, but I'm quite worked up about how much I hated this episode. Oh, no. And I brought it like, because I haven't seen this one in years. <laughs> and I brought this one with the intention that, oh, this will be going a little easier on you guys. But- I mean, at least Ricky Gervais wasn't in it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look at me. I'm wearing a headdress. Have I offended you? Yeah. Huh. Ooh. I probably wouldn't be allowed into Coachella, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) I did have a note here saying Homer wouldn't be allowed into Coachella. (laughs) Uh, So the parody lyrics were, Oh say can you see, back in row double Z, that the team sucks out loud and your fans are all ploughed. Who the fuck was responsible for that? Hang on a second. Maybe I could hear it. Hang on a second. When when baseball uh, teams are bad, do they suck out loud? What a bizarre insult. Hey, yeah. not only do you suck, you suck out loud. What? And the fans are all ploughed, meaning drunk, I assume. Oh, right, yeah. Ooh, say, can you see? I'm an atheist. It's me. <laughs> Ricky. No. <laughs> Fuck Ricky Gervais out of this podcast. He's not in this podcast. We're not talking to Ricky Gervais. Uh, Nick, Nick, are you offended? Oh, God. No, it's okay. Uh, I get it. You got Ricky. He's, he's bloody... <laughs> Nobody's safe. He's bloody got me. Uh, I like you've been tweeting at Ricky Gervais because you made that poster about him fucking a dog. <laughs> I don't know, just the way he's like on the poster and he's like looking wistfully. Uh, there's just something funny to me about Ricky Gervais in a Netflix special. Fucks this dog. <laughs> I enjoyed because I didn't know that that was a Netflix thing that was happening. So, oh, right. so I just get a message from you at some point that it is the Photoshop <laughs> you've done. Ricky Gervais fucks this dog, and you just <laughs> and your caption is too much question mark. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, what's happening? <laughs> Is this a real thing? <laughs> if, if it's a real thing, I suspect it's too much. <laughs> Is this like, yeah, the, a new version of that first episode of Black Mirror? <laughs> All right, everyone, let's go fuck this dog. <laughs> a lot of people have been asking, where's Poochie? Well, let me fucking show you, yeah? Anyway, so uh, speaking of offence, so the other thing, yeah, you got to unpack is the whole pre-teen Braves thing and like... Yep. Got to tread delicately, but the main point I want to raise is, can you imagine if this was like an Australian thing where Mm, there was like mm. a scout troop based around... Indigenous culture. Yeah. 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 And shamelessly aping and mocking Indigenous culture. Yeah, that'd be fairly awkward. I mean, it's almost like not good. And I feel like it's the kind of thing that was... It shouldn't have been unchecked in 2003, but it was heaps more unchecked than it is now. Yeah. Yeah. And look, whether it falls into the same category as like the Nazi Warner Brother cartoons that show... I mean, but they were showing Hitler in a very bad light, obviously. But, you know, these weird little relics of the past, definitely not great. Should they be in current rotation? I don't know. Mm. There's a lot of stuff in this episode that probably people wouldn't have thought about that much. I mean, white people wouldn't have thought about that much when this episode came out. That's a good point. And look, maybe that is more of a thing in America where they are like doing uh, these troops. That yeah, maybe it's just a thing that they were commenting on. But yeah, to have that one throwaway line from Apu like really didn't justify it. There's also another throwaway line from Marge that indicates that Native Americans like sit around watching TV and drink all day. Yeah. Which is a bad. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Especially coming from... I mean, bad, mm. but especially coming from Marge. Well, it's framed as a way like Marge saying, oh, Native Americans don't do this, but it's meant to be you know, ironic. Yeah, it's exactly. It's clearly framed that way because yeah. it cuts to the next scene. Like, that is its own punchline. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. So how about the heart of this episode? 
Was there any? I, th- I mean, they, I think the writers think there is. I think they think like Marge crying at the end is, it counts as hard. Yeah. But like whether or not Marge is a good troop leader is never the conflict of this episode. Mm. It's taken as a given that she's better at it than Homer. And then I'm just so distracted by the racism that like that plot line doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like that should not be what this episode is about if you're going to do this plot line. I actually think biggest contender for heart in this episode is when Wiggum says to Flanders, Are you gonna press charges against Barton Millhouse? And he says, No. Well he says that the courts are only good for telling women what to do with their bodies. Oh, which is yeah. close to a joke. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I, I kind of like I see the yeah. idea there is like I a, take that as a commentary. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, and Flanders had another shitty line was, yeah, the boys went all Yoko and broke up my Beatles collection or whatever. And it's like, fuck you. Mm. The whole like... Peace uh, and love, peace and love. Yeah. I, I, I hate the whole Yoko joke, man. Like, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, she probably inspired some of my mo- favorite fucking Beatles songs. Mm. Like, number nine. <laughs> number nine. <laughs> it's not without its charm. <laughs> but no, like, I mean, fucking happiness is a warm gun and shit like that. Yeah, like, bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Mm. Skate, skate. <laughs> On fleek. Yes. Dab. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Great, great Are we the least cool trio of people on, the, on earth? Yes. <laughs> Let us know in the comments section. <laughs> uh, so ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Um, it felt like a very clumsy, ham-fisted episode of The Simpsons. It didn't really feel like anything. <laughs> Yeah, the show as a whole sort of feels off, but like individual character integrity, were there any like serious breaks or anything? I just noticed? feel like if I had dreamed this episode, like, oh yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> it makes sense that this was not actually written by anyone. <laughs> I can't decide whether it's in or out of Bart's character to go, oh, I'm in someone's house unsupervised, I'll just fucking trash the place. Bart's a bit of a sociopath in this one. Yeah. yeah. Like right at the start when uh, Milhouse says, uh, can bugs feel pain? I'm Milhouse. Mm. And Bart says, if they can't, you know, I've wasted years of my life. I don't like, like that. Which one's Bart? He's the little <laughs> rap scallion. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a little cool. boy. Cool, cool, cool. He's, he wears the little shorts. Oh, the little shorts. But yeah. yeah, I'm not convinced about the destruction of Flanders' house because it seems too far for a little prankster, mischievous Bart to just be outright destructive like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess he has destructive turns, but there's normally some retribution. Less malice to it, I think, than yeah. we I don't know, this like one. Going through and eating their food and then like trying to make peanut butter and messing up yeah, the kitchen. Guess, that sort of feels on point. Yeah, I guess that's But even like, bad. I don't know, like purposely leaving the top off the blender so shit will fly everywhere. Like, I think, you know, Bart likes to, you know, be mischievous, but I don't know if he likes to hurt people necessarily. Mm. I do still like Millhouse playing with the lamp, though, going bright, brighter, brightest off, and that's something that stuck well, with me. Well, that's because you're a big fan of Netflix's Bright, and you're hoping for sequels <laughs> called Brighter and Brightest. And then, like the fucking, uh, and then what's that asshole's name? Yeah, Max, Max Landis. Landis, yeah. Oh, fuck that and guy And directed so by, uh, what's-his-face, the guy who did Suicide Squad, David Ayer. Jesus. And End of Watch, which is a much better movie. Mm. Yes or no, would you watch this one again? No. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. Which is, which is annoying because then we don't get to put it into a playlist. And I wanted to put it into the 
brick containing notes through windows playlist but in this instance the brick was ralph oh yeah just because the last episode also had bricks through windows containing notes bad ralph episode i think bad ralph episode. they simplify ralph too much he's there's no person behind those uh, yeah. dead eyes he thinks the wolf is his mother and just trying to decide if there's a wolf mother joke worth making this not <laughs> woman <laughs> you're a woman you my- are a woman the song's about a woman my-, my favorite wolf mother thing is that there was an interview like 15 years ago where they said to Andrew Stockdale, I think his name is. Correct. Why, why do I have that in the back of my head? But She's they, a woman, they, you know what I mean. They, no, what do you mean? <laughs> they, they said to him, so clearly Led Zeppelin was a big influence on you. And he was like, why? Why would you ask that? Ugh. Well, it seems that your music is, hmm, on what basis do you think my music... It's like, dude, you sound like a Led Zeppelin cover band. Yeah. I'm, like, just, I'm thinking about that song now. She's a woman, you know what I mean. You better listen, listen to me. Mm. I'm going to set you free. Those, those are troubling lyrics. Mm. I also find it weird that Joker and the Thief is still used as like ad music for yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, it is such like a Rav4 song. <laughs> oh, that is the perfect genre defining <laughs> title for that type of song. <laughs> that is an absolute Rav4. It's like a song aimed at dads who haven't thought anything in 12 years. Dad4. <laughs> We're the Dad4. I play. My name's Dad George and I play the Dad Guitar. Surely there's a bunch of. Uh, there's Surely there's four slovenly chaps somewhere. Um, Daddy Ringo (laughs) Called the Dad 4 Instead of the Fab 4 Oh man That is such a sad Cover band right Yeah yeah, right Because I'm the dad man (laughs) Yeah I'm the dad man (laughs) I'm a dad You know what I mean (laughs) See told you Constantly having to Steer this thing Back on course No you don't Just keep it off course It's fine It's It's a pretty Just run it into the wall It's a a pretty terrible course though So Oh for real As in this episode Not this podcast This podcast is lovely Oh thank you He's so daddy (laughs) 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 James what would you change? Okay I think Fundamentally If you're going to keep The basic plotline of this episode It needs to be about The preteen graves Realising that what they're doing Is not cool It needs to be about Like reckoning with the fact that this episode is about cultural appropriation. And for a moment, it seems like they might be leaning in that direction when they go and meet the Native American. But even, like, the portrayal is so cliched. Like, often portrayals of Native Americans, like, the only personality trait they're given is that they like the earth to be clean. Yeah. And that's so simplified. And, you know, there's it's reducing a group of people down to a cliche. And the episode just does not reckon or recognize its own racism at all. And it should be, like, about that. Like, I think you can make an episode about the fact that organizations like this do exist and that cultural reappropriation is rampant and that there are, like, actual real problems with doing this and the way it marginalizes uh, groups. And it just doesn't. Yeah. And it could, but it doesn't. Yeah, fully. Nick? On Penny Lane, there is a barber showing photo dads. <laughs> 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 I realised I needed something to add to the Dad 4 conversation <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? Is this final notes? No, not yet oh. well, What would you change? Oh, How um, would you rewrite this fuckfire? Jesus Fuckfire Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you been watching it. my YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm really excited for the fuckfire fest <laughs> I've heard it's going to be really good Gourmet meals This um, fuck is on fire Sorry <laughs> Oh, your fuck is on fire <laughs> Uh, no, I baby, fuck my fire. <laughs> no, <laughs> enough. <laughs> baby, you're a fire. Fuck. fuck. 
goodness. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I we didn't fuck the fire. <laughs> It's always no, we didn't lie to, but we tried to fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm the firefucker, twisted firefucker. <laughs> Outstanding. Anyway, what on earth was I? Uh, how would you fix the episode? How would I fix the episode? I don't know. Put it all in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is this a teardown? I think it's a teardown. Total teardown. <laughs> We didn't fuck the fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly have no idea of how to fix it. It's just put it in the bin. And as for what I changed, yeah, I think it's actually, James, you brought it up that they've done like three Beatles episodes, or at least referencing the Beatles, especially Homer's Barbecue Shop Quartet. Like, while I would have liked to have an episode that sort of centered around the Beatles, I thought this one was just so lazily put together with no thought. And the, even Flanders going, of course, I like the Beatles. They're bigger than Jesus. It just makes no goddamn sense to me. Yeah. But the idea of Bart and Milhouse being punished and separated into different scout troops and then like competing for the big single oh, national I'd forgotten anthem. there was even a link between those two plots. I feel <laughs> like it's just not that important in the. When like Millhouse comes back in and like I'd kind of forgotten. Oh yeah, they get separated at the start and they're not meant to see each other anymore. Mm. Yeah. The other thing about Flanders liking the Beatles that not making any sense. I don't know if you remember, but we discover that room by as Barton Millhouse are hurtling towards the door that says keep out, something about the fear of God or whatever. Yeah. So wouldn't it make more sense for Ned to shamefully like the Beatles and he's like yeah well no one was supposed to know about this but ah. now the boys broke into the room that'd make so much more sense as opposed to yeah it doesn't fit with a single beat of my character but I guess I'm just going to stand here and happily embrace the fact like clearly he's a big fan would have made so much more sense if it was an illicit love yeah yeah totally kept hidden and away from yeah like my amiibo collection <laughs> which is ah <laughs> uh. The first, look, I've got a big amiibo collection. Like, oh, you do too, yeah. <laughs> every like any time, like if I start dating someone and they come around my house, I'm just like in the back of my head thinking, "Fuck, how is this gonna go?" <laughs> it's never been a problem, but it's always a concern. Yeah, I'll always be at some point like, "So what's going on over here?" I'm like, "Just don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just who I am." Well, I recently yeah, I bought a shelving unit for the purpose of housing my amiibos because they were just sort of sitting in the closet gathering dust. Like, yeah. No, I present them. And I'm like, oh my God, I just bought furniture to house this <laughs> fucking thing. They look good though. They do. <laughs> they're good figurines. Oh, they're so well built. Uh, you got King K. Rule now? No, I've, I've stopped. <laughs> I've oh, got you, enough. Oh, you drew the line? I drew the line. Oh, but he looks so sassy and he's got that big golden belly. He's like, Arr. yeah, I mean, that one looks really good. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I can't. Sorry, Don't jump back on that Sorry, train. you're an addict and I'm telling you how fucking awesome heroin is. <laughs> do either of you have... Do you have any heroin? <laughs> do either of you have Danky Kang? Danky, I've got some Danky Kang. Or perhaps... <laughs> i got to bear that Dan Kang if you need it. Perhaps Waluigi? I've got a Waluigi. He sits on my computer. He watches me as I work. Yeah, uh, nice. <laughs> i got like Waluigi and Luigi standing next to each other like Waluigi. odd coupling. This guy. Oh, the, <laughs> old man. the original odd couple. Yeah. James, any other notes? Okay, here is a selection of some of the notes I've written. One just says, erg. That was fairly early on. Another says, uh, this doesn't matter, which I stand by. I uh, have not laughed yet. That's quite far down page one. Yeah. Right near the bottom, I've got, oh no, appropriation, followed by, oh no, racism. Yep, yep. I turned over the page. It says, this episode is racist. 
I've got one that just says, this isn't funny. <laughs> and then that got me thinking about that John Mulaney bit where he's talking about pitching jokes to Keith Richards and uh, Keith Richards pointing at him and saying, not funny. That's, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I started thinking about that. I've got one here that says, database can eat my shit, which, uh, yes. Take that, database. And uh, I've got a line from Lenny here that I kind of liked where he said, show some respect. My dad died in some war. Mm. And those are my notes. Uh, Nick, any other notes? All my notes have been crossed out because I mentioned them or mentioned and then not crossed out. <laughs> so, no. I'll just cross out my final two to the B. Because that's what you do. Now I'm a completionist. They're all crossed out. Or oh, right. there was a pen drop. Oh, yeah, because I uh, have final notes ready. It's the final notes now. <laughs> nice. This episode, me and Beach, we did a demo version of this podcast and we thought we'll just test the water, see how it goes, if this like can be a thing. Sure. And yeah, this was the Teens Era episode that we picked for it. Mm. Oh no. We never ended up releasing this podcast because it's around this episode that we get horribly drunk and... I never even found uh, like the recordings. We just assumed that it was unusable. And then yeah, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I found them. Right. They're still unusable because only one mic was recording. Oh, good, good, good. Cla- <laughs> classic podcast demo stuff. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think we'll release it, but yeah. And- Put that one out on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking Chief Wiggum's extended bit about hijinks. Yeah. What an act break. One of those jokes where, and there's a few of these, where the writer's... It's such a self-indulgent joke mm. to go like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we took this unfunny point and laboured it for ages? It's like, no, 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 just move on. Actually, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I call that. That is a writing room writer's joke. Yeah. Because the word would have come up, there would have been a back and forth about it, and they go, oh, that's gold. We should write that down. No. Ooh, that's gold, baby. That's gold. Ooh. Says the guy who's done about 900 hours of talking into a microphone and recorded everything. <laughs> Is and that now, just today? <laughs> yeah, kind of feels like it. <laughs> With one more to go. Uh, we get another appearance from uh, Dave Shutton. Hey. Oh, the reporter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. I, I like his pitch for the article, though. I've got the perfect headline. Activity participated in by some. It just made yeah, me, that's a joke. It just made me wanted. <laughs> it made me one of the John Lovett's play enjoyed by all. Oh, but then I do enjoy that another we, triumph when Marge drives all the kids in the station wagon to do the thing. He gets out of the station wagon. Sure, oh. Surely Dave Shutton could have afforded his own mode of transport. I know being a journalist is pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Was it any easier in two thousand and three? I mean, I could barely... I'm, I'm flying to Sydney next week for a fucking award I got nominated for. I could barely afford the flights. You know, yeah, it's tough. It's tough yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Barely afford the flights. Yeah, it's a good point. It's yeah, tough. It's yeah, tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Ooh. Uh, let's rank this fucking thing. Fuck. It's Nick's turn to kick it off. Mm, I think given all the problematic stuff about the racism and the homophobia, it's going to have to be a big old failure. Yeah. Mm. And James? I could have justified participant if it wasn't racist, but it is, so it's a fail. Yeah, I'm surprised, man. Like, I thought this one would be, like, at worst a participant, maybe even edging a bronze, but... You're giving it a silver. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, like... I just agree with its philosophies. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I'm a stupid idiot for watching it so many times in my youth, and there's fucking very little funny jokes, and the story is batshit bullshit crap 
fuck and I don't like it. Batshit, bullshit, crap, fuck. I wouldn't necessarily say that you're a stupid idiot for watching in your youth because I do think that a lot of these issues have become much more in the zeitgeist of what white people are aware of in recent years. So, you know what? If I remember this episode from my childhood, I probably would have been heaps into it because of the Beatles stuff too. So, But you're right. It does not stack up. Cuckoo kajoo. (laughs) Man, I can't believe it. Yeah, I went with the goal of not bringing you guys a failure, but (laughs) we are giving this one a unanimous failure. And that Uh, means we're giving giving it... We are giving this episode the the index index finger. This will officially be you. our earliest unanimous failure. Oh, really? Wow. Previous earliest was season 16's Future Drama, where they do Ooh. like one of the time hop episodes and Homer and Marge are divorced and mm. Homer's living under the sea. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard it's better down where it's wetter. <laughs> Take it from me. <laughs> and we'll be joining the other unanimous failures that we've reviewed together, like Homer Simpson, This Is Your Wife, <laughs> the Ricky Gervais oh, yes. episode. Did you know he's an atheist? Really? Yeah. Oh, how offensive. I know. <laughs> uh, the old blue mare, she ain't what she used to be. Yeah. Yeah, with Sebastian Cobb. <laughs> he shouldn't have stopped that haircut. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the monorail redux. And Camp Crustier, the one oh. where Homer fucks. Oh, did yeah. we fail that one? Yeah. Okay. I remember you being like on the bordering edge. Nearly gave that participant, yes. Yeah, but it is just fucking insane. <laughs> okay, we've done the War of Art. We've done the Bard of War. And now it's time to do another one that has a similar name. <laughs> All right. <laughs> War Horse. <laughs> the Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> the four warsmen of the Awokalypse. <laughs> We're going to go. You got to go to war, Billy. Not without my horse. <laughs> it's basically the plot of that film, I think. <laughs> uh, we're reviewing The War of the Simpsons. We'll be back. Eleanor Daddy picks up the dads in a church where a wedding has been. <laughs> Lives in a dream All the lonely war horses (laughs) Where do they all belong? On the front line (laughs) (laughs) Special guest appearance by Barry White (laughs) I love the sexy slither of a war horse I love the sexy copping (laughs) Of a beautiful war horse And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode of the evening. This was Season 2, Episode 20, The War of the Simpsons. The Queen of the Harpies. (laughs) Queen of the Harpies. No, I'm not. (laughs) First released in May of 1991, good year for palindromes, directed by Mark Kirtland, written by everyone's favourite John Swartzwelder. In this episode, oh, come on, are you kidding me? You know this one. This is the one where Homer gets drunk at the party the Simpsons are having, and so they go on a marriage-saving retreat. Homer gets obsessed with catching a massive catfish, General Sherman. Guys, what did you think? Catfish. Catfish. (laughs) It's so thick. My first note on this just says, remember 1991 with a question mark? (laughs) Even though I was too young in 1991 (laughs) to remember it, I just, I get real like early 90s vibes from this episode. It feels Mm. like that time period and I like it. It's like stepping into a warm bath. It is a good episode. Yes. End of podcast. I approve of it. Yeah, it's nice and warm and fuzzy, and um, there, there are some things that I don't think have aged the best. And mm-hmm. But anyway, let's get into those. Starting with you, Nick. For better or worse, what's the moment from this episode that stands out to you? There's a couple, but I think the one I'm going to pick, because it's perhaps 
the weirdest one. The trope in American TV of taking everyone's coats and throwing them over a bed in a bedroom. Mm. Yep. Is that actually a thing that happens? I think it's a colder climate thing. Yeah, it must be because it does not happen in Australia at all. Just and hold even, on to your own coat. And uh, yeah, you dingus. It's like the, the idea of like <laughs> you if, imagine having a party and then you see someone take off their hoodie and you go. Oh, I'll just put that in my bedroom. They'd be <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'll just have it on my lap, thanks. Or I'll just put it next to me. Or I'll just throw it in the bin. <laughs> Maybe not the last one. But, I don't see uh, why not. The... Throw it out the window like a, a lane with putty. Oh, did you see that he went to a hockey game and like put the... De- like last week, the guy that plays putty did... Patrick put... Warburton? Yeah, Patrick Warburton did the devil's paint and went back to a hockey game and did oh, the did whole he? we are the devils thing. Holy shit. And it's like, oh yeah, that joke from 30 years ago. <laughs> nice yeah, one. Right. Nice one, Tiger. <laughs> uh, anyway, so coats in bedrooms is, is the thing that stood out to me. Cat in the furnace. Cat in the furnace. <laughs> it's something that I noticed in New York, especially in my travels there, that there is often a coat rack at the front of bars that... Get a load of this guy. He's been to New York. Wow. So have you. Big. No, I haven't. <laughs> haven't you? I've been to Los Angeles. Oh. That's like the New York of the West Coast. Uh, I, see what you've, I see what you've done there. So, hey, I'm podcasting here. So what you're telling me is that if you're fast enough, most bars in New York have free coats. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Free coats and free umbrellas. Mm. Mm. What about John Coates, former head of the Australian Olympic Committee? How does how does he fit into all of this? What a pool. <laughs> <laughs> what about Boots Riley? <laughs> Head uh, of the coup. Yeah. God, are there any other clothing celebrities? Trouser Stevens or <laughs> Trouser Stevens. Trouser Stevens. I'm John Scarf. <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. How about what? you, James? Is there anything from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Yeah, the one scene that really stood out to me on this viewing is Homer's memory of the party the previous night, the sort of like beautifully colored and animated. Like, I feel like we never see that exact animation style again with the really like thick lines, thick, and uh, just the color scheme and mm. the way it feels like a New Yorker cartoon and yeah. then sort of devolves into this like hyper cartoony, fairly dark reimagining of the night. I really enjoy that sequence. It's really nice. It's something they didn't do a lot, I think, after. Like the first two or three seasons. Something I really enjoy in the shading of the remembered dream sequence is that for a lot of people, like the skin color of their head goes outside the line that is the border of their mm, head. Yeah. And I, I really like that as a weird kind of disjointed, it's clearly not a perfect memory. Yeah. It's a really nice effect. And then, yeah, very dramatic lighting when he starts spinning into the darker reimagining of the party. And he's yeah. got to slip out of those wet clothes. And into a dry martini. Now that's real comedy. Is that a, <laughs> is that a joke? Sophisticated comedy. There's a fly in the guy's drink, but, but Homer put it there. He slipped it in as a gag. Hey, James, could you pass me one of those pods? No, 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 not those ones. The ones at the bottom. <laughs> oh, oh okay. So what do you guys actually, like, what do you think of that scene? Is that a bit, like, icky? Oh, yeah, it's mad icky. It's, I feel it's, like it's appropriately icky, though. Like, the show is recognizing that Home is doing something pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's being definitely lecherous. Mm. And it may just be a complete redirection of your point, but the show makes sure that the viewer knows hey, no one's approving of what Home is doing. And yeah, even like Maud, like, getting freaked out when he comes to church and already her high button top, she makes an effort to button even further. Yeah, they reference back to it several times to uh, indicate that it is a fairly serious transgression. Yeah. 
So I mean, it's also a brilliant line reading by Dan Castellaneta. Oh, for the real. Ones at the bottom. Which a little bit of trivia: the only time that our podcast has been in stereo, the episode where we covered this, because <laughs> we both did accidentally the ones at the bottom in unison, basically. Yeah. And so I split the, that moment hard pan left and right. <laughs> so if you listen to that with headphones, it's actually really creepy because it goes from both mono, both in the middle to just bang for that one line and then back into the middle. <laughs> That's really cool. That, that doesn't need to go into the broadcast. I just thought I should tell you. It'll happen. Pods in the right. of Springfield. Don't forget to subscribe and rate on iTunes. Now I'm going to swing my mic away so I can eat my second pod. In the key, etc. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, part of my other goal today was to bring you an episode that you guys had already done because I'm sort of eating into your like future catalogue. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be fun for you guys to revisit one that you'd already done and sort of how did it hold yeah. up for in you? This weird war-themed <laughs> little playlist you've got. It yeah. was interesting actually because I don't know that I've rewatched any episodes since we've recorded about them no. so it's almost like in some ways like recording a podcast about an episode before has almost felt like my final word on that episode <laughs> and now to like revisit one is a, an interesting weird feeling but i enjoyed it it's a good episode yeah yeah it's a profoundly heartfelt episode and i'm gonna say the moment of the story that stands out to me and i mean jumping too far ahead is that final resolution which uh, for your podcast earlier today, we watched Secrets of a Successful Marriage. Go check yep. that out in Pods of the Key of Springfield's feed. Links yep. in the description. Yeah, so in that one, we were like a bit iffy on the resolution, the whole, you know, complete and utter dependence thing. Mm. But this one, like, even though Homer, yeah, he's been a shit throughout the party and then at the... He's so shit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, because the whole catfish going to fishing, like that, that's like a sort of a weird thing where um, he sort of stumbled into fighting the fish. But yeah, yeah, it's I a little sweaty. Yeah, yeah. It, it, especially when, like, I've got a note here saying fishing, no. Walking, yes. Yeah. Walking accidentally ends up fishing, no. Like, it's a very clumsy way of getting to the point. Like, if the issue is that he's sneaking out to go fishing, of course he's going to end up fishing if he goes out for a walk. He's still dressed in all his fishing gear. Yeah. But she's okay with it. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe it's because he said, can I go for a walk? And she said, yeah, but like... Well, he I was already he was going to sneak out fishing. That's why he was dressed up in the fishing gear. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah. But then you can't sneak out, but yes, you can go for a walk. Mm. At which point, surely you're going to end up fishing anyway. Like mm. I've always kind know. of read that as she is going back to sleep, essentially, mm. and is just kind of agreeing with whatever he says, yeah. having been placated. Oh. But that's probably a fairly generous reading. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I mean, the act of Homer, yeah, having caught the fish and like, yeah, he had a two-hour plan, which exceeded into six hours. Mm. Yep. And yeah, it wasn't until confronted that he threw it back. Like, I think it like, ended up being a nice moment. But what about you guys? What, how do you think I played out? My thing with this episode has always been, I really, I like all of this stuff happening, but I never quite felt they justified why Homer was so obsessed with catching a large fish. Mm. I don't know if he read David Lynch's Catching the Big Fish and came away with some ideas. Although that book came out in like 2003, so probably not. <laughs> you see the big fish is the mm. big idea that you you try to grab onto nick mm. you understand i do understand yeah well uh, apparently john Swartzwelder was at least familiar with moby dick and the old man in the sea which apparently this thing heavily references moby dick <laughs> fuck jesus <hell>. fuck <laughs> i've ruined my own life oh my god yeah i've never really got why homer so invested in catching the catfish and it would have been so easy to 
and I'm jumping ahead to question six here, but it would have been so easy to put, I don't know, whichever the what would you change question, it would have been so easy to put something in the party about how he has no notable achievements oh. and that's why he's lashing out drinking because then catching the fish would have been a perfectly perfunctory notable achievement. I mean, the problem with that is like this episode already hits very close to home. There's this guy drinking so much, wandering around being an idiot. Yeah. If there's something about him achieving nothing, I'd feel even worse about my life. <laughs> You'd feel... Scene. Yes. Mm. Same. Oh, that's the other thing that sticks out to me. So the whole scene where he's getting drunk and he puts the lampshade on his head, this was sort of like not so much a trope now, but it seemed like a trope like back in the day to get Very drunk 90s. and p- yeah. put a lampshade on you. Is this what lampshading is? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's lampshading um, his own marriage problems? Is yeah. that what you're suggesting? <laughs> um, no, I mean, jokes aside, like what is this fucking trope? Yeah, what is that trope? Yeah. It feels very Dharma and Greg to me. What's Dharma and Greg? (laughs) (laughs) Which one's Greg? (laughs) The guy with the lampshade on his Um, head. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That as a shorthand for drunkenness is extraordinarily strange. Yeah. Just one of those tropey things that just exists so much that you don't question it until you fire up the microphones and the Tascam 4x4 and yeah. Yeah, I'm 31 years old. And Marge and Homer are meant to be like 34 to 36, I believe. Yep. The party they host still looks so adult to me. It looks nothing like the parties I attend. And that's a little worrying on some level. (laughs) I started thinking about house parties during this as well. And there was part of me going, oh, it's weird that I haven't been to like a proper roaring house party for ages. And I started questioning, is that just because we're not pieces of shit anymore? Because I feel like they're raging like, you know... People screaming in the backyard, music playing until 3am. Those kind of house parties are fine when you're 19 because when you're 19, you don't have any world that exists outside of your immediate brain. Sure. (laughs) Um, Whereas now, like I think about in my townhouse, I would never throw like a raging 3am party there because I would keep up so many people in my neighbourhood, not just my direct neighbours, literally most of my neighbourhood. So is it that house parties have fallen out of favour or have we just outgrown them because we're no longer fuckwits? Well, I guess like this episode is showing like what parties are meant to become after the house party, I suppose. Mm. But home is still treating it like the youthful house party. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because they don't have enough lampshades. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. But yeah, like the fancy finger food and like the actual like bar where someone's like going to be a bartender. Yeah, and the cocktail that Ned made. I forget what the ingredients are, but it's fucking like three and a half shots in that <laughs> thing. Yeah, and and they're all like one of them was was creme de cassis. Like, who's got creme de cassis in their fucking liquor cabinet? It's also just something inherently a little performative about a party like that. I think. Yeah, yeah. They're sort of like it, again. It feels like a very. Like 90s adult thing, maybe. I don't know if it happens as much anymore. Or like... We've just gotten more efficient with it. Like with me today, just cracked open a couple of cases, put them in the fridge and put out some Milky Bars and that'll do. Yeah, we meant to like not be doing this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We're all in our 30s. No, I think that's perfect. All unmarried, no children. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Uh, Although I do enjoy the little sandwiches you've got over there on the platter that spell out enjoy our party snacks. Yeah. And I am sorry that Jika went and changed it to boy, our party sucks. Uh, Something I noticed in the episode as well, no one has eaten those sandwiches all night. Were they too afraid to break up the... That's the worst when people just won't eat the sandwiches. I honestly think if you use food to spell out anything, what you are actually spelling out is the inability of people to eat that food because you don't want to be the one to 
break the message. Yeah. Like, that'd be awful. I will always happily break the message on a sandwich platter. Not that I've ever seen a sandwich platter that spells anything out, but I would fucking do it. Message on a platter. I'd reach out. I'd take out that chicken Caesar. I'd take the egg salad. I'd go all in. (laughs) Why are you spelling things with a chicken Caesar? (laughs) Chicken Caesar salad sandwich. Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, like an egg salad sandwich. Those are the two. (laughs) Sorry, just imagining a a salad just but spelling out things on a platter. (laughs) Just on a huge platter. (laughs) Spelled out in anchovies. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, I'm stuck on just a castaway turkey with cranberry <laughs> message on a platter. <laughs> yeah. Play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? Upwards of 30, I would imagine. Yeah, dozens. Who knows? Really? Yeah, it's got to be in the 50s. I mean, this is like, yeah, season two. This is just. This like, is informative shit. Yeah, oh, for real. Wackiness of this episode. Don't Captain Wacky Obvi- later renamed Homer. It's yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's the size of the fish. It is a big old, it's big a old cartoon very fish. large fish. Um, something wacky that I enjoyed is how panicked Homer gets at the binding notion of the sign-up sheet. <laughs> like Marge is just writing her name down to express the interest in going to the marriage retreat, and Homer starts screaming, just like, "No, no, what are you doing?" Yeah, it's like, well, you know, you can probably just put your name down on that form and not rock up. Mm. But Homer is very concerned about how binding it is, and I enjoy that. Maybe the most cartoonish element is the appearance of Hitler in the church. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. There is a man sitting in the church when Homer goes there who is clearly out of Hitler. Mm. There can mm. be no question of whether or not this man is Hitler. He kind of looks like a... Uh, What's his face? Bruno Gaines' version of Hitler in uh, Downfall. <laughs> right. I, I really wanted you to just say, he really looks like uh, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a uh, Hitler. Did I ever tell you I used to have a silver dollar collection? <laughs> silver Hitler collection. I could never bring myself to spend one of these. I have sort of a uh, phobia. <laughs> oh, fuck. Outstanding. He has this halting way of speaking. It's <laughs> <laughs> me as this guy... <laughs> this is not my kind of guy. <laughs> another uh, another wacky thing is that at the end when we see Bart and Lisa cleaning up the house. Ah, yes, an, the whole party. An eight-year-old and a ten-year-old cannot clean a house. No. I, I'm 32 and I don't have the technique or skill required to clean a house. They have the assistance That's a bit of, of an ongoing theme to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just our general incompetence in our 30s. Yeah. Well, Do we need to make serious life changes? <laughs> This is how The Simpsons has ruined our life. Elliot, is this an intervention? (laughs) Why have you got that big banner behind me that says, Nick, clean your fucking house? That's a bit weird. Why are you playing this Jordan Peterson video about the need to clean our bedrooms? I think you're taking it too far. Wait, what? That's one of his, like, philosophies. Oh, okay. Jesus. Hey, Jordan Peterson. Fuck you. I'm glad my bedroom's dirty. No one's going to confuse me for the epic bacon fedora crowd. <laughs> Keeping your house dirty to own the alt-right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that. <laughs> I've always had a weird thing with the whole party thing. Though. Like, I don't actually believe Grandpa that he was pretending to cry. Like, Oh, interesting. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I've always thought he tipped his hand a little too early by l- laughing when they exit the room. I always thought that was a little bit of a weird setup. <laughs> For the later reveal that he was lying. Yeah. I actually enjoy, because Grandpa's normally displayed as being so hopeless and feckless. A feeb. Uh, yes, a feeb. I do enjoy that he is uh, one of my favourite characters from Friends, Phoebe. She was just so <laughs> she was just so random. Um, very good. Smelly cat. Very good. Smelly cat. Hmm? Are Do- they feeding you? They're not, actually. 
What are they feeding? It's been a real problem. Would you like another pod then? No. Well, I'm just there. You can like and subscribe. Okay. Like good. and subscribe <laughs> to these pods. Very visual gag. You're pointing at a... I know, I'm pointing at... of an Australian chocolate. Australian chocolate. It's all right. I'll put a link to the image in the just episode description. <laughs> Excellent. It's good to see Grandpa get some agency back. And Grandpa mm. has a little plan, a little ploy. What the hell am I my ploy? And he's going to go through and bloody dupe those kids. Dupe them into feeling what he wants them to feel. And I really Jupe like... Dupe whoop. I really like that. Do you want? Nothing. It's Shoot. fine. Bumpty hump? Yeah. It's, yeah a, right. it's a low move though. Whoopy to scoop. So it's a bit of a duplo. <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode of The Simpsons well, Index. We're going to have to let go of that one. Wow. <sighs> Fuck me. <laughs> well, it's been a long day. <laughs> well, podcasting is cancelled. Um, Forever. We've got to go and become real men. <laughs> it's not okay. Lovejoy's pink cowboy shirt that he wears at the marriage retreat is sick. It's a good mm. shirt. It's a great shirt. Except I feel like... If I saw someone wearing that shirt, I'd be like, well, what are you doing not on stage at a wedding in a shitty cover band? But yeah, it looks sick. Good yep. shirt. Good, Good times. Shirt. So some of the other wacky things in this episode, the fly and the ice cube. And I did actually listen to your podcast recently, like mostly to try and like uh, avoid like going over the same things that you... Uh, so here I am doing that exact same thing now. Here we are. Yeah. He just leaves that fly and the ice cube thing in his drink. Yeah. While complaining about its toxicity. Yeah. Like, fucking, <laughs> all right. Maybe we need to check in on Hibbert. Maybe Hibbert's got some issues. He wants that sweet, sweet toxicity. Of our city. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God you. damn it. Uh, yeah, th- th- I've turned into s- a jukebox in this episode. <laughs> thank you, Serge. California. <laughs> what are we doing? No, that's not System of a Down. <laughs> no, I'm aware. Oh. I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers like a week ago. Yeah. Possibly two oh, weeks ago. Yeah, you enjoyed it? I got bored midway through and went home and listened <gasps> to the rest of it from home because I live next to the place it was playing. Fuck. So I just lay on my couch and listened to the second half. It was great. <laughs> That's actually not bad. I was there for P-Funk. <laughs> oh, man. How fucking good was that? That was great. Maggot brain. Oh. I'm uh, not a Chili Peppers fan. And when someone said to me like, oh, so I assume you went to the Chili Peppers gig. Nah, it's not really my thing. And the response was, Really? I thought it was everyone's thing. And I was kind of like, well, no. And what? And it's not no. really my thing either. I just happened to have a free pass to get in. So free I went pass. and watched six songs said, I'm going to go home. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's good though. It's fine. They uh, played, I don't know, like four of their six good songs while I was there. And then they played another one once I got home. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the ratio of the new stuff was definitely like... I wish they played some more of their higher energy songs. You I know. was mostly there just look at Flea and yell, Hey, Flea, remember Back to the Future 2? <laughs> you played a character called Needles. Oh, that's right, Needles. <laughs> Why did Marty work for a man named Needles? <laughs> Don't go by the name Needles. <laughs> you just look around, who the fuck is... <laughs> man, there was one uh, time when I was at a Tenacious D concert and I was horrendously drunk and I kept yelling out, Hey, Jack Black, the holiday sucked. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Back to the Future 2? <laughs> you know that guy, Needles? That was he was played by Flea. Uh, so, big topic. Let's talk about the heart of this episode. Were there any bumps? Bump. I think my, my overwhelming heart moment was 
the reconciliation of John and Gloria <laughs> at the marriage retreat. Queen of the Harpies. And then they fall back in love and it's lovely. I've got a note here that just says, John and Gloria, fuck. I think they break <laughs> out. I mean that in the sense of like, oh, this fucks. Like it's, uh, yeah. um, they're I great. I love them. They got it on more than Homer got on with that sandwich earlier in the yep. episode. <laughs> I, I simultaneously enjoy the John and Gloria performance while also loving how cringily amateur play it is because <laughs> I feel like all amateur theatre is just a man and a woman shouting at each other and then in act two, they fall back in love with each other. It's <laughs> 10 Tennessee Williams. Like Tennessee Williams, but only worth 10 cents. Oh, nice. fuck, that's really good. Uh, thank you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> but nice. also putting on that like faux British accent that's like acting accent. Yeah, exactly. Queen of the harpies. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you do a good glory. <laughs> that's a very good glory. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my heart moment. Yeah. The heart of the whole resolution, like, yeah, Homer and Marge's reconciliation in the end. Did that pay off for you guys? Yeah, more or less. I think, like, the setup, like I said, a little sweaty, but I think the actual payoff is there. It works. I think the fact that Homer is actually contrarian and does want to do better uh, means that there is some payoff here. I think yeah. it works. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah, it very much does. It feels quintessentially early 90s to me. Like, this is... This is the kind of thing I associate with that period of time, and I associate The Simpsons very heavily with that period of time in general. But like, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of things in this episode, just like the tropes and the imagery and the... Through a lampshade on head stuff. Yeah, yeah the general <laughs> vibe of like... Uh, general vibe? Yes, exactly. The party feels very 90s, and the, the family drama feels like something out of a sitcom from that era. I like this episode. I think it's good. Mm. 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 Yeah, it's sort of hard to comment on the integrity in these like first couple of season episodes because, I mean, they're still building the foundation. Yeah. But yeah. I still do think we get a good sense of who these characters become, even if they aren't like the most fully fleshed out versions of themselves. Mm. I do think it's interesting to look at the inconsistency in early Ned because he's both... A total teetotaler who goes to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting because he had one Blackberry Schnapps or whatever it was. But also he will mix ridiculous cocktails and has a bar in his basement where he has beer on tap. Like PhD in mixology he got. Yeah, there's a lot of strange inconsistencies with early, yeah. early Ned. So the, the, I, don't know like, where this, I don't know where Ned falls in this one. Yeah, like the early version of Ned is like his Christianity is part of his perfectionism. Like mm. he's just, you know, he fits the exact ideal of like what a person is meant to be in that period and over time like his christianity becomes more and more his main feature and it becomes like a joke the rather than the just flanderization a, yeah yeah that's yeah. a good word for it what <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, how about marge in this episode as well she's one of the big players i think it's a fine marge episode it's uh i guess she's not given a heap to do rather than just sort of be angry but like the first episode we watched, she is justifiably angry. Yeah. And there is actually some follow-up. And uh, even though it does center largely on Homer, she does get to, you know, air her issues with him. There's some resolution where it feels like Homer will try to be better towards her. I loved Marge airing her issues as well. <laughs> oh, Marge airing... Yeah, I mean, the thing I love about that scene where she goes for hours and hours and hours is that the joke at the end of it is, this is how haggard Julie Kavanagh's voice would be if she hmm. had to do Marge for this long. Turns out that's what Julie Kavanagh's <laughs> voice now sounds like because she's been Having doing to it, do it for 30 years. she's been doing it for that long. But one area where the resolution kind of stumbles for me is that it feels like another very Homer-centric resolution to what was a joint problem between the two of them. Mm. Marge's problem was she doesn't... Well, 
she didn't feel supported and that he was just this, you know, tearaway idiot. And then his solution is, well, I'll throw a fish back and then I'll try not to stuff up again in the future. <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't quite solve the entirety of the problem. At the very least, they do go to some length to sort of explain that there isn't really any issue with Marge and how she's acting. And, you know, there's not really anything for her to work on. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's that's true. Of, yeah. But it's just like, I suppose where I'm getting at is her gripe of well, your plan was to still sneak out and go fishing yeah. is not cured by him throwing a fish away. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's still, there's still an option where he can not take the marriage seriously enough, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I think it works as a symbolic gesture, mm. which is really what you have to do in a 20-minute episode of television. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I mean, same with John and Gloria, you know, I, I don't think all their problems are fixed either. And like, oh, I think they're probably good forever. They're going to go home and fuck and everything's <laughs> going to be good. Just continuously looking into each other's eyes. Queen yep. of the harpies. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I love about the integrity is the knowing nature of Bart and Lisa in this episode. Uh, when, yeah. Oh, mum and dad are fighting again. The car, mm. Yeah. Uh, every time I hear that music, it sends a chill down my spine. Fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Big big mood. Yeah. (laughs) Yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yeah, I will. It'll happen. Yes. Inevitably. Yeah, sure. If you're going to watch this one again, maybe in the context of a playlist, what playlist would you watch this one in? Are there other episodes of Fishing? No, 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 no. Fishing. The General Marriage Problems playlist. I assume that's a thing. Yeah. A lot of episodes where Homer and Marge are like, I have to break up with you. I'm Marge. Uh, I'm going to try to do better. I'm Homer. <laughs> do, do, do. Uh, Homer making a joke about fucking, but it turns out he's eating food. Yep, sure. Yes. He's going to fuck that sandwich early <laughs> in this episode. Put it in a playlist with Blinky in terms of chemically deformed fish, because that catfish <laughs> is very, very, very large. Yeah, there's yes. something off about the fish in this something show. Something off about the fish in this show. And the that's way that why it... Troy McClure wants to fuck them. I thought you said he sleeps with the fishes. Yes. Yeah, well, right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, get into the final stretch. Final stretch. Nick, any other yeah. notes? I enjoy that Marge says to Grandpa, can you do something? And he says, I can, <laughs> I, I, I can dress myself. <laughs> so he just takes it as a genuine question at its face value of, are there things that you can do? Yep. Uh, I enjoyed that. Kavna voice I've mentioned. No, done. How about you, Jackal? Any other notes? I have just a handful. Uh, the old dogs at the bait shop really buy into Homer saying that he's going to catch General Sherman. Like They believe him for some reason yeah, immediately. Why do, why do they give a fuck? They're so invested in this. They don't they know were, who this guy is. Yeah, they're like, Hachi Machi, he's going to catch the fish? They're, some guy. They're, they're just all, so shocked. <gasps> he's going to attempt this? I think all this stuff with uh, Bud and Lisa is like good being a kid material. Like It really yeah. it feels... Very kiddy in this. When Bart says to Lisa, Lisa, in this in these topsy-turvy times, who's to say what's right or wrong? I feel like that's the thing that I say all the time. This is one of the things that's infected me, that has plagued me, why the show is my forever antagonist, why we are one long shuddering climax. Uh, let's see. I really like the... Uh, what? <laughs> never mind. The, uh-huh. uh, the McBain scene uh, where he yes. shoots the book. By, By book. book. That's good. And... I feel like I had one more note. At last, my notes are nearly done. Very good. (laughs) Yeah, that was everything. Time for my final notes. Elliot, final notes. So just my notes are nearly down. (laughs) My notes are early (laughs) old. 
So just from the deleted scenes file, according to the director's commentary, in the couple's retreat, we're also meant to see Edna and Ken Krabappel. Who's Ken? Her ex-husband, apparently. Yeah, right. But apparently didn't play well in the test reads and whatever. Get together, Ken. And one of the other couples was meant to be Mr. Burns and a mail-order bride. Wow. But they removed it because it, quote, sounded too much like he was uh, married to a prostitute. Hmm. Sex worker. Hmm. Yep. And another deleted thing in the scripting stage was Mo was uh, originally meant to approach Hibbert and ask him to cure his discoloured feces. Oh. Same. (laughs) Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad that these things are on the cutting room floor. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that I feel like we'd be criticising them for in the new episodes. Yeah, totally. It's surprising, like, when you see the deleted scenes from these early seasons, so much like, oh, yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah. yeah. You really edited this well. <laughs> Is that maybe the problem with the HD era? They've stopped editing? I feel like they don't have as much accountability it also mm. feels like the scripts they have are only like 14 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> they need to pat them as <laughs> yeah. is. There's nothing to cut. Well, 14 minutes. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think you and BT have mentioned several times that when the, the animation became easier, the scripts became sloppier. Yeah. Because you don't get essentially penalised for making people animate bad stuff. Yeah. Um, so now you can just go, oh, whatever, we'll just throw it all at the wall. And that's bad. No, that's it. It's the Wallace and Gromit effect, I've heard it called. If you're going to spend, yeah, two years animating, yeah, 15 minutes worth of shit, you're going to want to make it a good 15 minutes. And that's why we have such gems as Crackers, Gromit. (laughs) I've forgotten the crackers. (laughs) It's the wrong trousers. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) Oh, me fucking pants. (laughs) I've got my wrong pants on. (sighs) Have you seen that Parks and Recreation episode where Ben is making the claymation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Stand Edges. in the place Stand. where Stand. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I, spent t- I thought that was really good. I compared it to Avatar. <laughs> I wept. Yeah, some of Mo- uh, Mo's. Some of Marge's. Uh, uh, tr- Mojas. <laughs> Mojas. Some of the emojis. Oh, yeah. Very good. Some very of good Homer's movie. bad habits. <laughs> uh, was blowing his nose on the towel and then putting it back in the middle. Yeah, that's Same. fairly gross. <laughs> Some of these like feel like actual gripes that other people have had that oh like from the writer's room that <laughs> worked its way in this. Imagine. Like, when he sleeps, All he makes chewing noises. <laughs> Wakes up honking noises and kicks me in his sleep and his toenails are too long and yellow. And yellow. Ugh. Yeah, that's it. It's time to rank this thing. <laughs> uh, Jekyll, your turn. Okay thought about this long and hard it's definitely not cubic it's not up cubic i i was between gold and silver i think ultimately i'm gonna have to go gold it's definitely better than the one we watched earlier it is a classic era i've seen it so many times that at this point it's just like putting on your favorite coat you know it's like sure. uh, I, I take it for granted how good this is so you have to go to your friend's bedroom to get it out of the bed exactly yeah. but i do think uh Emotionally, it works. The jokes are really funny. It's got a very nice vibe to it. It feels good. I'm Mm. giving it the gold. Yeah, look, I was really tossing between gold and silver the whole way through, and I am just going to go gold, and I'm just sort of giving it the benefit of the doubt here. Benefit of the trout. (laughs) There's a big fish in it. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) We are so tired. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um... (laughs) I should love that. <laughs> but You're just angry. <laughs> it hurt when you said it. So no, it's good. You're good. So yeah, I mean, it'd pain me to give it anything less than a goal because I do recognise its brilliance, even though like on the whole it's not nearly as entertaining as a lot of things that I've given gold in the past. But 
Nick. I feel such a quiet relief because <laughs> because I think I've become known as someone that just doesn't enjoy things, which is actually a fairly alarming position, <laughs> even though I'm fairly vocal about how little I enjoy things. I always come into these classics, like the, the third round of these recordings, and go, oh my God, I'm going to give a lower ranking than everyone else and everyone's going to hate me for it. Like, I'm going to be the one that drags it down. But I'm going to say Fairly, gold. yeah. I'm going to say gold because I was really worried that you guys were both going to say cubic and I just couldn't in my heart give it a cubic. So... Oh. Gold. <laughs> well, yeah, that will equal a unanimous gold and it'll join other unanimous golds like A Fish Called Selma, which we reviewed last time we did this thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also Dumbbell Indemnity when Mo dates a Helen Hunt type character. Oh, yeah. Was Helen Hunt the one in the documentary about the KFC rap? Twister? Fucking <laughs> 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 hurt your back making that stretch. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel pretty good after that one. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, Bart's in a child and deep space Homer. You guys have just recently finished season five on your podcast. Do you agree yep. with those sort of rankings yep. for those ones? Yep. This, this sounds yeah. like this sounds like good company for that to be in. Yeah. Yep. And also, Bart the Lover from season three, which you've expressed uh, was too low for that episode. Fucks. That is a cubic. <laughs> that is me. I think I gave that best episode of season three. Possibly. Yeah, I really like that episode. I think it's smart, it's funny, it's cool, it's good. Yeah, uh, according to my list, you gave best episode of season three to the Snickers. <laughs> God damn it. That's the only list I have. <laughs> All right, we have to get out of here. But before we do, we just like to mention a couple of uh, things that we're into that are outside The Simpsons. Book, TV, movies, video games. Oh, fuck, yeah. Nick, starting with you, what are you into? I think I may have said this last time I was on this podcast as well, but the AFL women's competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched a bit of that while we were eating our food today. And the Crows, which is the team I support, had a huge win, which means they're almost guaranteed. Well, they are guaranteed now to go through to the finals which is very good for me up the crows count the crows yeah. crows ah <laughs> yeah cool jackal sure i recently watched the netflix series russian doll and i oh, had yeah. a really good time with that it's about a, a really fast moving doll yes it's uh natasha leone giving an amazing performance oh, you know Taylor so, leone. yeah for whatever finally <laughs> natasha leone finally getting like the role she has deserved for a long time uh it's one of those sort of like Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day, uh, Edge of Tomorrow sort of structure. You know, she keeps dying and waking up at the same time. Same. And eventually it becomes a bit of a, like a puzzle box. And it's, uh, it's so fucking smart and well-written and cool and interesting. And she's so good in it. I had a really good time with it. I watched it with someone and we both like lost our minds over it. And I've got people messaging me theories now. And it's great. I love it. Oh, good fun. And the thing I'm going to mention is Ape Out. It's a nifty little indie game available now for the Nintendo Switch and other platforms. Just PC. Just PC Switch and, and PC. Switch. Yep. It's got a really cool art style and the soundtrack is like jazz drums and it's got yeah a reactive soundtrack to your movements. And yeah, you it's play- procedurally generated. That's the... Oh, but like semi because like the starts and ends and some of the middles are the same, but like... No, it's entirely procedurally generated. Really? Yeah. Oh. I've talked to the PR person. They rang me up and told me about this. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I reviewed it for GameSpot. I gave it a seven. I'm not as big on it as you are. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, as a game, like, I mean, it doesn't stand up to a Legend of Zelda or a Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> I just enjoyed the cadence in which you said that. It was like you were making it up. Like that's a real game, Elliot. I mean, kind of. <laughs> that was a little contentious. Well, yeah. But yeah, like as like an indie, like uh, pick it up, put it down, uh, five, ten minutes at a time sort of experience. So it's like, like a really... dumbbell. 
It's like a weightlifting thing. You Why pick it up and put it down. You pick it sure. up yeah, right. and just to let it down. No, 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 no. What's this? Fuck. Nothing. It's fine. Ape out. You're an, it's a, video you're an game. ape that uh, kills scientists and it's fun. All right, guys. That has been it for episode 122. Let's get out of here. That's been Nick. Queen of the Harpies. And that's been Jekyll. Pods in the key of Springfield. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, just subscribe. Listen to it. Whatever. I don't care. Please listen. It's oh, good. Oh, yeah. They have a podcast. It's called yeah. Pods in the key of Springfield. It's really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. House. Hey, dude, we all are dads. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. I've got blisters on me, Chungus. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yep. I remember when fucking... Remember when fucking... <laughs> when Bioshock Infinite came out and people were like, oh, if only Roger Ebert had lived to see this, a game that's truly arch. Bad game to start with. <laughs> start with Pac-Man and work your way up. I mean, I should not get into that. Either. It's pronounced Pokemon. <laughs> Good. I like I, Waka I, prefer, Waka. I prefer the sequel, Miss Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is good. It's a bit more difficult. What are we talking about again? The Simpsons? Uh Homer dumping the treadmill in an obvious note to the Simpsons movie that hadn't come out yet. Never mind. No, who cares? Oh yeah, I'm just remembering some details about the Simpsons movie and realizing that I'm gonna have to watch big it. Big dick full of pig crap. <laughs> <sighs> the big pig crap dick. So thick. Um <laughs> Fuck, there's a lot of disambiguation on Wikipedia. <laughs> disambiguation. Disambiguation. Not be fucked. Let's misappropriation. Get to fuck. <laughs> so I'm here with Pods in the Key of Springfield, and now we are reviewing Pods in the Key of Snickers. Guys, what did you think? What, of the Snickers? <laughs> the Snickers pods we're eating? Yep. Okay, uh, yeah, they're, they're one of my favourite pods flavours, I think. I'm a big fan. Of, we, we ranked chocolate bars at some point on our podcast, didn't we? We have indeed done that at some point. I believe Snickers was my number one or two. I oh, know, these days I'm, I'm leaning heavy on the Kit Kat Chunky. I don't know, I think Snickers was my number one. I prefer the Kit Kat Chunky. <laughs> I fucking knew that was going <laughs> to um, Do I Because have, it's so thick or... So thick. Uh, but yeah, the Snickers pod's pretty good. I feel like... Chicken tonight. Like Chicken tonight Excellent um, <laughs> Fucking hell um, I think I prefer them Wait, are, are there Twix pods? There are Yeah Yeah, see, I think conceptually they're, they're my favourite Whether they're my actual favourite, not sure But conceptually they feel like it Because mm, that's just who you are It's just who I am Just who you are Was that an intentional crossover? To get the pods for pods? Yep they should have just sung Yellow Submarine There we all live in the Yellow Submarine Pause in the key of Springfield. Papa?